This is the Outer Rim Job. That was only like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I got to say all this shit again. All right. I mean, I'll say it if you want. <laughs> Go for it. I, yeah, I don't care. I think shit, Dave I got to remember it. what it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let, you let me know when you're ready this time. It, it's recording. It's recording now? Yeah, okay, it says hey. recording in the top left. It should say it on your screens, too. Uh, yeah, it does. Can confirm. I don't see it, but that doesn't mean anything. It's there. Oh, no, there it is. I see it now. It's a phone. Don't cut any of this out. This is the start of the episode. Hey, guys, out of rim job, episode 19 or something like that. Um, I already did a whole rundown, but it wasn't recorded at all. So I don't really My feel man. like going through it again. Um, <laughs> we got a bunch of segments in here. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. Clone Wars spoilers. Um, uh, the transition from Armada as we know it to the new Armada, which is coming out uh, with some of the stuff that's been spoiled. Um, talk about tournament that we went there. Some of the guys went to and I'm Bill. I'm here. Who else is here? I'm, Dan. I'm also here. Alpha Matt is also here. And I think beta Matt said something. Did you talk beta Matt? Yeah. I said I was here. Yeah. Oh shit. I didn't hear you. Yeah. I saw your lips move, but it cut out. Maybe it was for me. We said this the first time, but we weren't recording. But uh, yeah. the alpha has switched and then switched back since, since our last recording. And, and alpha was beta for a while. Everyone should know. Bad times. It was, it, was, it was quite a while. Yeah. It was pretty good, actually. All right. Let's go. We're going to go to – we're going to start off in the glory hole. And uh, we'll see you guys there. Let's move. Emperor's made a critical error and the time for our attack has come. I'm gonna blow my load at the glory hole. Blow my load at the glory hole. Blow my load at the glory hole. All right, here we are in the glory hole and we are talking about the Clone Wars spoilers. Talking about uh, the Clone Wars spoilers. Clone Wars spoilers. Yep, here it is. All right, who wants to start uh, rambling off this stuff? Because they've, uh, they've come out with quite a bit of shit so far. So I think Beta's pretty good at reading cards, so I think he should read some cards to us and we can talk he's about it. He's really great at that. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where right, should so we, we start? Because just... there, there was an article this week that dropped that was kind of exciting about the Republic mm-hmm. starter set. Yeah. Why don't, we, why don't we start right there? Start with the Republic? All right. And the fact there's a separate starter set. So if you yeah, don't want to really play cool. clones... Or if you don't want to play Separatists, either one, you don't have to buy that shit like you did with the initial. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they're doing that. It's like the same amount of stuff as the original starter set, but you just get one faction and maybe it's actually kind of usable. Yeah, I yeah. did it too. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, at least now you got you've got you know one medium and two smalls for that faction, which yeah is most of the way to a compared to one or the other. Yeah. Yep. All right, Beta, rip it out. All right, so the uh, if you haven't seen already the Republic starter set, it comes with an acclimator, uh, two consular class ships, the one that gets blown up at the very beginning of Episode One, 
and four torrent squadrons. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So they gave us. Um, well, should we talk about the ships first, or want to go with the want to go with the ships? Because we we know both the acclimator cards, like what, what they can get upgrades and stuff with. We don't really know much. Yeah, I don't think there's any info on the contours in there yet. No. And also, I think it's worth mentioning that the starters do come with the maneuver tools and dice and objective cards and obstacles and all that good shit. So, yeah. so if you don't have another maneuver tool, this is a good time for you to get a three or a two. Or four of them. Or four of them. I mean, my, I really could use another one. My original one is pretty worn out. It's real floppy. That can be an advantage sometimes though, right, Dane? It can be, but I feel like yeah, I don't like doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Just get softer with age. Yeah, I prefer it to be nice and stiff. Yeah, it does feel better when it's stiff. Yep, everyone knows that. Anyway, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had nothing to say during all of that. So the, uh, the so they're the the two versions of the Acclimator. Acclimator one. Clocks in at 66 points. Uh, it's got seven hull, three command value, three squad, four engineering, double uh, double black, flak dice, a brace, a redirect, and a salvo natively. Um, shields, it's got four, two, two. I mean, four on the front, two on the sides, and two in the rear. For dice, it's got three red, two black out the front, two red, a black out the sides, and a red and black out the rear. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, maneuver chart is... Uh, kind of goofy. It, it is goofy. It maxes out at speed three. So speed one, it's a single click. Speed two, it's blank click. At speed three, it's blank click blank. I think yeah, you got so it backwards at speed two. It's click blank at speed two, so it's the opposite of a VSD. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's Which very similar to Liberty. Isn't that what the Liberty snap chart is? I think it is. Uh, although the Liberty may have yeah. one, the, the click at... No, the, the Liberty has a click at one and three at speed three. Yes. Not and just that two. Yeah. So this thing's kind of like a victory that can go three if it needs to. Which is a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's it's a little maybe squishier, but it's got the salvo. Um, yeah. It's, it looks like it's pretty efficient points-wise, I think. Yeah, and it's only 66 points. Yeah, and, like, yeah. salvo's a big deal, as we're learning as we get more games in with um, Wave 8. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got that red salvo die at long range, which can be a big deal, even though it's just one one die at long range. It's got the black if you get up close to add to mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and then there's the two as well, right, Matt? Yeah. So the two. <clears throat> Let's see. So this, this comes in at 71 points. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, it, it it's swaps. Got a, it's got a... It's got a blue-black for anti-squadron, and then it adds a blue die in its front part. So it's got three red, a blue, and two black out the front. 
Yeah, that's kind of interesting. There's not a lot of variants of ships that actually add dice. Um, at least not for the anti-ship. I don't think there's any other ones that do. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um, no, they generally uh, the all is, have well, the, the same is, template. <clears throat> the ISDs with the sign. Yeah, because the Simon's got one fewer die out the front. Okay, yeah, I guess that's, a, that's an example of it for sure. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think I ever knew that. <laughs> or, or oh, it's because it's, it's, it's you always put <laughs> spinals on it. I think that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people do at least. It's the smart. It's the thinking man's upgrade. Um, but I think an important thing to note here is that the the one has they both have turbo laser upgrades and uh, weapons teams. Um, they both have ordnance, so like the APT's external rack slot. Um, the two has a defensive retrofit, and the I one has pretty two huge. offensive retrofits. Yeah, so you've got a spot for ECM on the two. Um, How many points was the two? 71. It's the exact same cost as a victory two, or victory one. Okay. And it's a really very similar ship. I mean, it's got the same amount of dice. Um, it's got one less shield total. Uh, and it swaps a redirect for a salvo, which I think is, a, is an upgrade. Yeah, yeah. I'm inclined to say that this is yeah. just straight up a better ship than the Victory. Yeah, yeah. Plus, it's got uh, speed three, which even though it doesn't like have a lot of that, maneuverability. I, maybe that. Oh, keep talking. Sorry. Yeah, the 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 native defensive retrofit's a big deal, and the yeah. speed three. Um, yeah, I think that's that's enough to push it over the top compared to the VSD. I, I do think this ship is going to have a similar problem that the VSD had in that I think it's going to like always need to be navving. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that having the click at the first joint at speed two is going to kind of be a big deal. I think I'd rather have that click at the first joint than the second joint. Definitely. It makes it a lot more maneuverable. But it still makes it so you can't like do a juke. Right. At right. all without a nav right. command. Which um, is annoying. Yeah, it is annoying. I just feel and, like you're going to need to be doing a lot of nav commands with this ship. Yeah, and, and having that second redirect, that can be a big deal sometimes too. So maybe this will prove to be mm -hmm. a lot squishier when you get it on the table. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, that defensive yeah. retrofit helps to make up for that. Yeah, and Salvo's a big deal. Salvo's going to take some pressure off your other defense tokens. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, you know, it's, it's not that expensive. You know, 71 points is, is very reasonable for all that, so. Yeah, you probably yeah, want I mean, to keep it nice and light and cheap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's clearly that can be the main workhorse in most of your fleets, especially once they get flushed out. I mean, it will be right now. You're going to be building. Yeah, because it's all you have. But <clears throat> yeah, well, and even the one. I mean, at 66 points, maybe throw external racks on it, and that's it. Um, although I feel like you just like it just begs to have. Link Turbo Laser Towers on it. Yeah, I feel salvo. like Link Turbo Laser ta uh, Towers is almost a must on any ship with Salvo that has red dice coming out the Salvo, just because you get so much value out of it. Yeah. And it's really most most of the dice fixing you need. You, if you can just reroll one red die, that gets you what you need most of the time. That's true. Yeah, That's we've been, I've, I've been finding that. I mean, this isn't Clone Wars related, but like running a Starhawk. Yeah, and um, we've talked about this in the past, but Alpha definitely got me on board because I always used to be like, you know, it's got to be XI seven or nothing. But with the integration of Salvo into the game, um, 
that LTT is huge, especially if your flak is also red. Like the Starhawk's got the the Starhawk two, which I always run now, has a red squadron flak. So like it's it pays for itself over and over again. Like it's it's one of the best upgrades that has been pushed out for the game, I think, in a while. It's one of the most it's one of the most impactful, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I mean any ship with a red dice is a good candidate for it. Yeah. And speaking of Salvo, this doesn't have anything really to do with Clone Wars right now, but I did like we're talking about it. I'm just thinking and like I think Salvo is one of the best things to happen to this game, especially with the things that are gonna happen going forward. Mm-hmm. Um it really changes the game. It changes how you play. It changes how you build your ship. It changes how you do almost everything, really. And I think it's a welcome addition to the game. And I, I uh, this is a love. I'm, I'm writing a love letter to Salvo right now in my head. I love it too. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. I mean, it really makes a big difference. And that's not just for the Starhawk. Like we've been oh, lately wow. playing games and putting it on, dude. Hey, fuckers! If you haven't done this yet, put it put Salvo on a Kuat or an, even an ISD one and see how you like it. Like, I've it's been putting pretty, it on uh, ISD twos. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. It actually works out really well. In the ISD, ISD, it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the ISD is the only other ship I think. Well, not the only other, but the only other one that can take local fire control. Mm-hmm. It's got three dice out the rear, so it's a really good candidate for it. And I mean, any contained token is you just go better, fuck off. Is better as a Salvo. Yeah, and there's going to be another upgrade that we're going to talk about in a minute too. Yeah. Yep. All right. So back to Clone Wars. That was my little love letter. I love you. I love you, Salvo. Thank you. Salvo's great. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so Dane, you were talking about how, how you, the Acclimator is going to want to nab a lot. Yeah. So this brings us to our first our first commander that they debuted, uh, Mr. Bail Organa himself. Oh, Master. What a yeah. nice segue. Yeah. He, he's nice not just in the Civil, Civil War, fella, everybody. He's coming to Clone Wars. And he's bringing yeah, a fucking... Watch there, too. <laughs> boy, we should probably uh, plan <laughs> yeah, him as, our, as an altar. He's, he's yeah, we're going to need the... Oh, yeah. He's even younger that. and more swarthy in this version of himself. Yeah. And his, his yeah. cuck powers are a fucking maximum. Lock your wife down. Hide, you, hide your kids. Hide your wife. He's coming. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's coming at 28 points. Cucking everybody up in here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice and nice and nice and affordable. Um, so his ability reads: When a friendly ship reveals a command, you can discard up to one token of each type from this card. For each token you discard, that ship gains one additional command dial matching that token's type. And over on the side here, he's got this little symbol where he's got like five, and it's got like a nav and an engineering. Yeah, that's something that's worth mentioning now. That's a new thing that they're doing with the Clone Wars release is um, some cards start with tokens on them or like um, other things, maybe dials. Like I think I saw that Thrawn's going to have the dials on him or I think I heard that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Have they have they um, previewed that? Like do people know what that stuff means yet? Yeah, I think they talked about that at the uh, first press conference or um, at uh, Gen Con, I guess it was. Because I feel like it has been we can talk yeah about i think it, it was in an sure. article yeah 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 like i'm pretty sure thrawn specifically was spoiled and it showed the dials on him yeah so what it essentially means is that you're going to start the game with a certain type of tokens and i think with bail it's what engineering and nav or something engineering yeah. and nav and you get a total of five yeah and then if you you just use them throughout the game and that's it they run out yeah and they count as a command dial <clears throat> yep 
Yeah, so that's really interesting. I mean, it's you know obviously pairs well with the acclimators needing nabs and and or repairs. Um, and it does look like you have to decide how many of each you're going to want, but I feel like in most games you're just going to like throw five nav tokens on there. Yeah, I think so. one repair. At most, one repair. Um, prob- probably one, right? And then because yeah. you could even use both at once if you needed to, from the way yes. that's written. So you could get you know th- three commands. Um, I feel like if you're running squadrons, you almost need to use them at this point. Dane, Dane, you can only discard one. You can discard up to one token. Oh, of each type. So of yeah, you're type. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't get two nav commands at once, but you could theoretically use that card to do three commands at once. Right. That's cool. Well, now that I'm thinking on it, like you get five of them, right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. So I honestly, I would do three nav two engineering because there's going to be two rounds where you're going to want to engineer a nav and push yeah. squadrons think about that you can nav mm-hmm. engineer and push squadrons in two two rounds in a row that's that's a big deal yeah it is mm-hmm. it's just a really solid like basic commander with a lot of flexibility yeah yeah i dig it i do too yeah. what else is there, Matt? yeah so the other the other commander they have is uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, also twenty eight points. Nice and cheap. Yeah, nice and cheap. Nice, uh, nice baseline. No, mm-hmm. uh, no thirty eight point. No Thrawn or not Thrawn. Tarkin, yeah, no Tarkin coming out. <laughs> yeah, so both commanders are twenty eight points. So there's not really like a value commander at the start, at least. Yeah, it's it's like a preference choice. Yeah. 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 So Obi-Wan's ability is when a friendly ship is defending, when it spends a readied redirect token, it may reduce the total damage by one before it suffers damage. So it's like an expert shield text, but you could still do the redirect. Yeah, or you yeah. could use expert shield text on top of them. Could you? Yeah, it all stacks, doesn't it? Yeah, it stacks. So you could, tech, you could theoretically reduce eight damage to, or a four damage to nothing. With the brace, yeah. Uh, yeah, four damage. Yeah, yeah, that's a big swing right there. Oh, yeah, eight cool. to two. I mean, that sound that sounds bigger, but yeah, it does. Yeah, I think that's this is a really good commander too. The only thing is, um, uh, if the or if the acclimator doesn't have redirects, I have a hard time seeing the consular having doubles. So, like, maybe he's waiting for a ship with double redirects. Yeah, it would definitely be nicer with double redirects. None of those ships have, or at least the the acclimators don't have them. Um, I'd have to imagine the consular ships will be similar to probably like a CR ninety, where yeah. they might have a redirect and probably an evade. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait. Wait a minute. The, the acclimators don't have redirects. They have one. They have one yeah. redirect. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So uh, okay. But you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, you're just Obi-Wan's not getting the useless. double. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think pre- we've been seeing lately because yeah, I, I know no, that'd be pretty worthless if he didn't work on the ship. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty fucking hilarious. Like we you push out a corset and you can't even use the first guy. Like yeah. one of the two guys. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> I think locally we've been seeing a lot of guys latch on to expert shield techs, and mm-hmm. I think we're seeing how, like how powerful oh, yeah. that can be. And Obi Wan's mm-hmm. just gonna double up on that. Or if you don't want to take expert shield techs, he's like fleet wide expert shield techs. Almost. So that's really yes. cool. 
Yep, oh, you're gonna what, get that ability. Uh, it's probably a good that's like a, that's a support wide. team, isn't it? What's that? The expert shield text. That's a support team, right? No, it's an officer. No, it's it's an officer. Oh, it's an officer. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, Obi-Wan is a nice, if you have like an MSU, which, I mean, is the kind of thing you're going to have to run with the core set, right? And there's only yep. so many ships. You're going to have to have a bunch of them. Um, you know, if you've got a bunch of those uh, counselors and stuff, it might be a nice counter to fighters, sort of. Well, isn't, hasn't so, haven't we figured out where if you want to run, and I don't know personally why you would do this right off the top unless you're like a real slappy for Clone Wars, is to buy two starter sets and then the what, like four of the fighter packs or something like that to have 400 points? I mean, I don't think you need four of them. I think you probably buy with two or three of them. But yeah. I, don't re- I just don't remember what's in the fighter packs. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, we I'm don't know these... how many points the consoles are either. So No, but they're probably very similar to a CR90 or a Raider. Yeah, you're going to need two core sets to, if yeah. you're going to run. Oh, yeah, you're definitely going to need two. Yeah. Two core sets. Well, like, you, you think fighters. like you know we figure just victories and raiders. Um, although man, man, you know you could probably do a fleet with four raiders and two victories. That yeah, actually might be kind of a cool list. Yeah, I think that's what these starter set lists are going to have to look like. Those like probably two acclimators and some consulars, unless you go really nuts and get like three starter packs or something. Yeah, that would be unadvised yeah i wouldn't recommend that <laughs> i would not recommend that especially because they'll I, probably yeah. come out with them at some point standalone yeah. i mean i don't i yes. have no idea but yeah i think they I said like they're, they're going to but they don't have mm-hmm. any immediate plans okay right i think i read somebody said that somewhere so right. just for people that may be jump, jumping in now which really weird that you chose our podcast to start listening to for armada um but you know thanks uh, if if this is blueprint anywhere like anything like uh, the Civil War was, which uh, just real quick, how long ago is how long has Armada been out? How long ago did that come out? Five years, I think. Oh, five. Maybe years. maybe right. a bit more. I feel like it's longer than that. I do too. Six. I feel that's yeah, that's about right. Anyways, so six like. You didn't really see very good, like, it took, like, a couple waves after the core set before you saw things really flesh out. I would yeah. imagine Clone Wars is going to be very similar. Yeah. So you might not want to get too crazy and buying core sets because you're going to get down the road and you're going to be like, well, I don't fucking use an acclimator anymore. Or I don't even use these counselor ships or whatever. Like, or if you do, it's only a couple. So, you know, right. pump the brakes. But I think I would get too crazy on buying it. I think two is reasonable. I think that's fine. Don't buy more than two core sets. That, that's, a, that's probably getting into silly territory. No, just buy a couple of fighter packs. It's, it's going to be hard for the Clone Wars to be competitive until they get a, a large ship. Oh, they got no chance, dude. I'll fucking slap a, a fucking Starhawk on the table and just wipe them. Like, yep. it's not, it's not going it, to – that's a non-starter. <laughs> like, you just – they're not going to be competitive until probably a wave or two in. You know, yeah. yeah, and if you think about it, though, if you think about what most rebel and imperial fleets look like, you know, there there are a lot of competitive builds with just the the earlier ships that came out. So I think it's reasonable to expect that these factions are going to be competitive, um, even maybe with the next wave that comes out that's already been teased. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, it might like, not take a, it might not take a lot of waves, but it's going to take a wave or two. It's it, 
yeah. it's, you're not going to be doing too much with just the core set right off the top. I don't and, think so. And we should, not enough we, options. Should, no. we should remember to talk about that teaser too, because they did drop something, I think, um, right after Gen Con. What did they drop? Oh, so so we can talk about now. They they showed some art of um, teasing the next wave, and it's hmm. a um, it's it's a drawing of a venator, a pelta, um, the providence, and the recusants. Recusant. Recusant. Well, what is what is that? Um, I think it's from the Clone Wars. So, so the last two are well, separate. I'm sure it's from the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beer is kicking in early, fellas. Long podcast. So, so one time when I was coming home from from across the Canadian border, when I was crossing in, uh, the border patrol guy stopped us as as they do when you get to the border, and it was like 2 a.m. and he's like, "Where are you coming from?" And I said, "Canada." <laughs> and that's the story of the first time Alpha was arrested. <laughs> Did you anyway. then bounce your head off the steering wheel? <laughs> <laughs> You're anyway. no shit asshole. <laughs> so, so the Providence and the Recusant are both separatist ships. Okay. Uh, the Providence is the big one that they they crashed at the beginning of episode three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the hmm. yeah. And then the Recusant, I think, is, is one of the other ones in the background. I I don't know if it's in the movies. I I'm pretty sure it's from uh, the Clone Wars cartoon. Okay. So, well, well, that sounds yeah. fucking interesting. So it sounds like it there's some uh, larger ships coming out in the first wave. Yeah. Of Clone Wars. Which is good. So keep, so keep that in mind, listener, when you try to get juiced about buying a bunch of core sets. Like, mm-hmm. I'd advise against it. Yeah, and the Venator's interesting. Everybody wants that. That's kind of like what the ISD was to the Civil War. Yep, yeah. it's the iconic Clone Wars ship thing. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think Armada, the you know, Galactic Civil War, once the ISD and MC-80 Home 1 was out, that was like, that was the full game. Yeah, it, it started to feel really fleshed out at that point. Yeah. We should save that for our reminiscing talk. Oh yeah, yeah. No, let's, not, let's not reminisce. So yet. let's yeah. let's spoil the rest of the stuff that's spoiled and talk about it. Yeah, let's All burn right, through. So it. Let's, let's, let's go, man. Yeah, we're, we're going to we'll get into the uh, the squadron they have is the the V nineteen Torrent. So the ba- the base one clocks in at twelve points. It's uh, three speed, five health. It's anti squadron dice. Is one red, two blue. And a ship is a black, single black. <clears throat> and for keywords, it's got escort and swarm. Tight. That's How many really points like is it? Twelve. What is the X-wing? What are X-wings? Thirteen. Thirteen. It's very similar to the um, Tie Advanced, but with swarm. I'll say this. I remember. So I've watched some of the Clone Wars shows. Some of the episodes are interesting and engaging. A lot of them suck dick. Yep. They're just awful. Um, and yep. I remember seeing the torrent and thinking, like, that looks fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, I personally think they're stupid as shit. Like, they look bad. Like, they, I don't like the, the design of the aesthetic of them. I, I, I hate like the, it too. the ARC 170, I think, looks cool. Like, I dig the ARC 170 type thing. Yeah, I think, I think these, all I think the torrents other... look stupid. All the other Republic fighter designs, I think, are really cool, and that one is really stupid. 
yeah, yeah it looks dumb as shit but that's in your corset guys so uh, enjoy yeah. your enjoy your torrents yeah. i think it's like, like why would you ship, build though? something where when it lands like the whole bottom has to move why wouldn't you just put that on the top <laughs> it seems like a, way too many moving parts now that being said it does sound like a good fighter like that it does yeah, it, it sounds good like it sounds like a good yeah. corset fighter yeah i'm just i'm just speaking purely from a, a stupid stupid guy standpoint where it's it's all aesthetic for me and I'm, i look at it and i'm like this thing looks dumb yeah yeah escort and swarm is a really good combo mm -hmm. with, uh, especially with the black die against ships that make i mean this thing is super versatile it's reasonably cheap mm. Um, it's yep. got five hull, right? It's like the same uh, speed yeah. and durability as like an X-wing. It's like an X-wing, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably it, it's it's closer to a tie advance, really. Yeah, it is. It's, it's yeah, kind of yes. like a hybrid, yes. almost. Yes. Yeah. 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 That black anti-ship die is real nice, though. <sighs> yeah. Matt, what's the? And I know this because I actually read the article recently. Who's who's Axe? Because that's their. Uh, yeah, he's the ace, yeah, right? he's he's the ace. Uh, so he's uh, he's 17 points. Um, all everything, all the stats are the same. Uh, three speed, cheap. five ball. That's cheap. Mm -hmm. uh, red, two blue, and then a black. <clears throat> His ability, though, before another friendly squadron distance one suffers damage during attack, you can spend one defense token to reduce the total damage by one. And he's got a brace and an evade. An evade. That's interesting. I guess what? So what does get, that mean? Why is he gonna evade? So he doesn't get flagged with all that red flak dice that they'll be coming out. Yeah, maybe? I mean that's a good point. I mean, you know, and even you know, blue flak dice to reroll. Yeah, um, that makes that makes no sense whatsoever. Well, plus he can just use it for his ability. We, we can't even sell. Yeah, that. like that doesn't make sense. To like that. <laughs> Nobody's gonna believe that. Like for one second. I mean, so maybe be, I think it is. I think it is safe to say that evade may look different coming up here i think anybody with a brain can extrapolate that from seeing it in a squadron well regardless it's still a really cool ability yeah, yeah you can yeah. still use the evade for the ability uh, it, it's sort of big z but you know it just reduces damage instead of moving it around yeah um, so you know it seems like a good ability that would because is it any other squadron or any other squadron with escort or is it any other friendly escort? squadron distance one? Oh, okay so almost almost like a jan a little bit too it's like a like a jan biggs type thing yeah yeah like a little little taste of each of their little, abilities little mishmash yeah, yeah at no, least the, mecha the mechanics of them anyway yeah yeah he's got escort though so you're gonna have to run them with other ships with escort so that's something to note i guess or is he like, he's, gonna, he's gonna have the darth vader problem where he's like oh well he buffs all the yes all the other guys but he just gets shot first so the escort you know yeah yeah maybe he's but, still but, interesting but, though i think yeah he's still interesting and he the is. thing is too he's only 17 points he's not as expensive as vader is um yeah, that's very true. if you if you lose him i doubt everything falls apart for you type thing yeah. And no matter how stupid the torrents look, they got black bomber dice, which is pretty right. good. No, not bomber, just yeah. But yeah, the yeah, anti ship dice. Right? Anti, anti ship is black. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean bad, to bad, bad, they, they don't have bomber keyword. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. I, I meant yeah. You, you do infer that I meant bomber. No, no, no. I meant just like the anti ship uh, dice. Yeah, and that, and it pairs really well with that title for the acclimator, um, the Navuda B, which. I believe lets you 
have swarm ships re-roll their anti-ship die. Yeah. Yeah. So here it it's does. Right here. Yeah. It's five points uh, with a squadron command. Each non-unique squadron that you activate gains swarm until the end of the, its activation. Each squadron with swarm that you activate may re-roll one die while mm. attacking the ship. Tight. That's an acclimator right. title. I don't know if you mentioned that. Yes. Yeah. I did. Not. It's a unique too, so you can only bring one of them. Yeah. So okay. So you give non-unique swarm, and then everyone with swarm. So any non-unique you activate would qualify for that ability. Which yes. one? The for the re-rolling the well, ship. For the first part, the I guess re-rolling the ship. Uh, I would say that you don't have to be a you are non-unique to take. You don't have to be non-unique. So like axe would work. But if yes. you had a non-unique other fighter that didn't have swarm, non-unique only applies to first die yeah. against a ship as well. Yes. Right. And I mean, I assume at least one of the fighters in the pack doesn't have swarm. I mean, there's no way they all do. So you mean the squadron pack, use this. right? Not the course. Right in the squadron pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's no way they all have the same keyword. Right. Um. You know, I'm sure Y Wings or Y Wings one of them. I think they are. Did they? I don't know. It? I think they did. I'm sure they, they will be. Yeah, I, I'm um, pretty sure they showed Y Wings in in the Gen Con announcement. Um, but anyways, um, that's really cool to give you know give your essentially give your your fighters swarm against ships. Um, yeah. In fact, here's the uh, pack right here. Doesn't it have a Y wing right on the front of it? I don't know, but I'm looking at the picture in the article that shows all the fighters. Yeah, because they and got the they there's got the one that's clearly a Y wing. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at the box and there's a Y wing right on the front of it. So and then there's another ship that looks like the Jedi Starfighter, the Torrent, and then I'm, uh, the and then those are Arc 170s. Yeah. Point being, this looks like a very useful title. Yeah, yeah. Like, squadrons and acclimators. I feel like you're bringing this. Yeah, like I'm thinking, like, is this something I would take on a victory? And I, I think the answer is yes. Definitely. Oh yeah. Because I mean, you could, you know, it, it's like a substitute bomber command, even like for your. Um, in fact, it's a second reroll that you could use with bomber command to fish for crits, like you used to be able to with two bomber command centers. You, you would need a bomber with swarm though to do that. No, you wouldn't. It just needs to be non-unique. Yeah, because it will, it will give it swarm. <clears throat> It'll give your non-unique oh, right, bombers. Right. So like on a regular tie bomber, which obviously you can't do because it's a different faction, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. I see that now. So yeah. In this, this case, like on a Y-wing. It's a good title. Yeah. yeah. Do we have, do we know another one title? Is there a second? Yeah, we one? have the other title too, or another title. Um, it's implacable. Four points. Before a friendly ship or squadron at distance one to two suffers damage from an attack, you can exhaust this card and spend up to two shields from your front hull zone to reduce the total damage by that amount. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, this looks like it's going to be a tough one to figure out, like how to play it right but it looks like a good a good title to put like on a trailer maybe if you're running two acclimators one in front one in back you put implacable on the one that's going to be in back and you take some heat off the lead ship mm 
Yeah, I could definitely see that. Or if you've got a That's cool. or something, put it on the other one. Yeah. Seems like a lot of clone stuff. We sound like a clone podcast right now. Let's do some CIS shit now, Matt. Um, well, do you want to finish out this article? There's a couple more things. Yeah, there's a, there's a oh, couple we're doing up an article? I thought yeah. we were just doing yeah, all the stuff that was uh, spoiled. We're going through the Republic article right now. Oh, okay. All right, well, then finish that up. Okay. Uh, here, I've got one here. I'll just read it while you're looking for another one. Uh, hyperspace rings. It's an offensive retrofit. Before deploying, deploying fleets, you may choose a number of friendly non-rogue squadrons up to your squadron value. Those squadrons gain scout. Whatever scout does. I don't know if we know what that does yet. It says right here. Um, they can scout ahead and be placed outside of deployment zones and do not have to be placed at distance one to two of a friendly ship but they must be beyond distance one to five of enemy ships. Okay. So if, if fight, you have scout, you can, it looks like you can just go wherever you want. That's interesting. You could drop your, could drop your B wings, you know, like out in front of something. Now, so but, it, but it's faction locked yeah. for Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This is going to be interesting, but if I, it's, we're going to need to know more about the fighters to know how useful this is going to be. Yeah, for sure. And it's an offensive retrofit. I don't know if you mentioned that, but. Oh yeah. I, I think I did. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. You did. If I didn't, um, right, we got, we got we it got covered it. either way. Yeah. Matt, what's the next one? Yeah. we got a couple left. Uh, so this one's an officer clone captain, Zach. Five points, um, one attacking from your side or rear hull zone. You can exhaust this card to add one die to your attack pool of color already in your attack pool. You cannot add uh, dice to a salvo attack. And then you can spend tokens from this card to ready it. It looks like it starts with a concentrate fire, and I'm assuming probably to ready it would take a concentrate fire. All right, so you can get an extra die out of your side or rear. All right, that's that's yeah. good. More dice are always good, and this yeah. is a five-point die, and that's pretty cheap for an extra die, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could, like, I remember using when in the very beginning of the of the game with you, when you, we just had victories. Like, a lot of times you'd end up with guys, once they get out of your front arc, since you can't turn, like, they're just in your side arc forever now. Being yeah. able to get an extra die would be really valuable in those cases. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this looks like right. a solid card. Uh, we got uh, next. We got swivel mount batteries. It's a turbo laser upgrade slot, and it's a modification. Uh, when you reveal, I feel like we band, should just explain this instead of reading it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So, so for eight eight points, you can you can choose a hull zone, and you add a die of a color um, from an adjacent hull zone's armament to your attack pool. And then if you if you make any attacks out of that adjacent hull zone, you get one less die. So it's kind of like you move a die from the sides to the front or from the the front and the rear to the sides or to the side 
to wherever the token is. You get an extra die. I mean, again, extra dice are always good. Yeah, but it's worth pointing out that it's an add and it's an a it's a remove effect, and that has some interesting implications. Like yeah, like since it's an add effect, you can add a black die even if you're at long range. Yep. Um, since since you only check for range when you're gathering dice, so um, this is a way. This is the other way. In addition to Sato, I think is the only other one where you can get off like some of those nasty black critical effects at long range. Yeah, because it does have the. Um, well, I guess I'm thinking the acclimator. If you're using it on that, it does have uh, the the slot for the ordinance slot. Yep. That's cool, and it's got a mechanism for you to to move it if you need to, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, talking about that previous situation, this combines well with Clone Captain Zach. You can get two dice out of the side. Yep. All of a sudden, yeah. that that side is five dice, and that's not that bad. That's pretty good. Yeah. This is also a way to get uh, leading shots off at long range, too. If if you have something with an ion slot. Yeah, these do not. Yeah. So. But you can put ordnance experts on it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Reroll it at least. Not nothing. Yeah. Would have liked to have seen this be non faction locked because this would have been really interesting on some of the Civil War era stuff. But I maybe. have a feeling this isn't, this is faction locked for a reason. Yeah. I, I was going to say that yeah. too. I think, I think there's a good reason for that probably. Yeah. And it might be Akbar. Yeah. It might be Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a good point. So yeah. So this yeah. is, yeah. This is, this is locked for separatist or. Only. Yeah, expensive, but it's it's a very interesting one. I think that we're gonna have to wait and see how widely used this one is. And there's one other one that's like really interesting. Do you want to read that one, Matt? The clone gunners. The, the clone gunners. Yeah. All right. So it's a a weapons team slot. Four points, clone only. Uh, and then with a what does that mean? There are now keywords for ships, and like the it shows the acclimators on it. They both have they both variants of it are clone, and then some other things. So key, ships have like they're not keywords because they don't have one. I was listening to Gerns did a an interview with Krabok on YouTube, and he was talking about this. Um, and um, wait, where was I going with that? The keywords. Yeah, really bad. Oh yeah, he doesn't <laughs> want to call them keywords. Wow, he doesn't want to call them keywords because keywords have abilities associated, so they have like another name that's similar to keywords because these don't come with them. They don't like being cloned doesn't do anything for you. I think it's how it works in Legion. Okay. Doesn't Legion have like keywords on cards? Like all the uh, like trooper um, units. They, they, like they, 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 have, they do have some upgrades clone. that are limited to certain types of yeah units. Yeah. So I think it's the same thing as that. Yeah, it's an interesting way to add some more variability to list building, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, go but on. But anyways, the rest of the card. Uh, yeah, so a concentrate fire. You can discard one concentrate fire token assigned to another friendly ship at distance one to five of the defender. 
if you do add one blue die set to an accuracy icon to your attack pool. This is like really good at first glance until you like realize what it takes to do. Like adding, or just adding an accuracy to your attack after you know what you rolled is amazing. But to do it, you gotta be doing a concentrate fire command and someone else has to have a token that you can spend. Yeah, at one to five of the defender. I think this is gonna be something that's very gonna be difficult to pull off, but somebody's gonna like figure out how to use this in a really good way. There's a card we're gonna talk about that might make it easier to use than uh, one might think. All right. When we get Spoilers. to some other spoiled cards. Uh, I think that's it for cards. Um, nope, there's one more that we're missing, and it's one that I'm really excited about. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, the, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll read ahead. it. It's uh, Reactive Gunnery. This is a defensive retrofit that's an exhaust effect. While defending, you may exhaust this card and spend a ready defense token to resolve the salvo defense effect instead of that token's effect. You cannot resolve the salvo defense effect more than once per attack. This is, I think this is the only one we've talked about so far that is not faction locked. So this is gonna be um, something that might show up in Civil War fleets too. Yeah, that's cool. It's another way to get salvo into you know, older stuff. What's really nice about this one, unlike local fire control, is it kind of lets you use what a whatever token you, you want, which is great, and uh, you can choose whether you use it as salvo or as whatever it is. Yeah, you said it was I, a defensive retrofit. Yeah, yeah, and what I'm thinking about this is really interesting. If I didn't mention already, it's only four points, so. Um, this might see some play on some ships that have defensive retrofit slots where nobody ever uses a defensive retrofit. I'm thinking things like um, maybe like an MC-30 or an Architens mm -hmm. that has that useless contain token that nobody ever uses because it's going to die if you're using Even a CR-90. Yeah, even a CR-90. So more ways yeah. to get Salvo in. That's mm -hmm. cool to me. It's also you know, a good second choice for a uh, an MC80. Yeah, that's what I think too. Mm -hmm. That's got that's got three dice uh, out the back, right? I think so. Yeah, the assault variant has two defensive defensive retrofits. Yeah, and I think it's got two reds and a blue out the rear. That'd be really good with uh, Link Turbolaser towers. Mm -hmm. Sure would. Mm -hmm. So that's a really cool yeah. card. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, that's a cool card. I like it. I think, like we said, Salvo is like really great for the game because it makes stuff die faster and it makes like shooting things maybe not always a good idea. It just yeah, adds like, more strategy. Dane, yeah. I was playing a game with you and, and like I was kicking myself because you mm -hmm. talked me into taking a shot at a ship that had Salvo on it. And yeah. Then I, I think I lost the ship because of that. Yeah. <laughs> like my flagship. So like, but yeah, it, the point being, it, it just introduced yeah. some interesting choices into the game that, that I think is great. Cool. Well, we got some more cards. Um, yeah. Um, it's just, so some other cards were spoiled, like kind of separately, like um, from, from, um, 
that article. I think I think they were shown on Steel Strategy, some a few of them, and then the, some of them were shown off at Gen Con. Okay. So um, one of yeah. the ones that I was kind of hinting at earlier was um, Munitions Resupply. This is a fleet support card. Yeah. It starts off with five Confire tokens on it, and you can refresh it with a Confire, an Engineering, or a Navigate token at the end of the round. And then it, the text says, after you reveal... After your reveal command dial step, you may exhaust this card and discard any number of Confire tokens from it to choose that many friendly ships at distance one to five. Assign each chosen ship one Confire token. Okay, so you can just like dump out a bunch of Confire tokens. Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. That's how you get your clone gunners to go off. You just dump clone, use Confire tokens everywhere. Exactly. Mm -hmm. and then, you, then you can use it like once. Yeah, it's three points, so it's one point more than Comsnat. You could do it twice. Well, there's, there's five of them there. You, you do, uh, if you're doing it on two ships, two out, you use the third one on yourself to re up it, and then the next turn, you dump the last two out that you have to those two ships. So it's two oh, rounds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, two yeah. Times, two times total, not, I, I was thinking you can only use it once, like per round. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to oh, say, though. It's oh, like that's, yeah. that's how I see it, too, is exactly what Bill said. This is like a two mm -hmm. times you're dumping it off on two different ships. So yep. uh, yeah. I think that's pretty good, and that's probably all you need, really. I think it's a good alternative to ComSnet mm -hmm. for three points. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, that, and I could certainly see using that in, you know, in, in other fleets. This isn't faction-locked, is it? No. 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 Yeah, it's a, it's a fleet support. Do they have them for other tokens? Or do they only show the one? Not that they've... I don't revealed. think we know yet. Okay. Yeah. I guess it's easy to guess that that's a thing that could happen based it on... It probably will at some point. I think yeah, it's like, reasonable to think that there could be other ones that do different tokens. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like Confire tokens are the least valuable of tokens. Yeah, and unless In well, general, we're all, we're already right seeing that there are some costs, like command costs for some of these new cards. So, like like the clone gunners. Um, yeah. So if we're seeing more stuff like that, maybe all of a sudden you're going to want confire tokens. And yeah, they may be trying to revalue, you know, value them higher for things. Yeah. Yeah. Clones may, and the clones may have some kind of. You know, they kind of use that with like the token sharing they have in Legion. I feel like they're trying to kind of do some of that, maybe. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 yeah, they're definitely doing that. Yeah. But uh, cool. So uh, that's one of them. What else we got? Yeah. We've got Tide of Progress 12. This is a unique title for a um, – what's the what's the Separatist ship we're it's getting? It's a Munificent. Munificent, so yeah. In, in, the, in the Separatist start, you get a Munificent and two Hard Cells and uh, four Vultures. Yeah. So this is an exhaust card that you need a, an engineering token to refresh. And the text says, before you are dealt a face-up damage card with the ship trait, you may exhaust this card to discard that damage card without resolving its effect. Two points. That's cool. That's kind of like that medical team card that no one ever uses that I feel like is probably better than it gets credit for. I've seen people using that on um, Onagers because that's got a um, – it's got a – 
support, support slot that you don't necessarily want to use for engine techs. Yeah. Like that's, I feel that's, like that's the, the problem. Thing is there's too much competition. All the ships that have that slot usually want something else there. Yeah. But for two points, we don't know anything else about the Munificent at this point, but that seems like a decent title. Yeah, and I'd have to go through the crit. Do you guys know, like, are some of the nasty ones ship? There's there's a fair amount, yeah. I, I, I feel like there's a lot more ship than crew, and I think that was maybe why the crew one wasn't very good. It might be about a third that's a ship trait. That's a lot. Yeah. That's just a guess off the top of my head, but seems about right. That seems cool, especially if it's a structural. I mean, that would be a good one to not take. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. On that. I don't think this structural has a has a trait. No, I may be wrong. But like projector misaligned, that's probably does. That's a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Next one. This one's interesting. We've got the T series tactical droid. When you spend only a engineering, navigate, or um, squadron command token to resolve a command, you may exhaust this card. If you do resolve that command, as if you had spent a dial of the same type instead. Four points. It is separatist locked. It's an officer. And um, it's got, I can't tell what that is for its refresh costs. Maybe that's the symbol they're using for like any token. Maybe. Yeah, it's not a campfire, so yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really match up with any of the tokens. It probably just means any token. <clears throat> yeah. So it's kind of like a like a mini um, Piet kind of effect. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it is. Well, hold on. Is this saying that you can only resolve that command, or can you still resolve your norm, whatever your normal command is? You can still resolve your dial. It just can't be that you can't do your dial. There's only a token. So you can't get a token and a dial, essentially. Um, yeah, so you can't double up dials. Right. I think that's what it's saying. Right. Yeah. That's still really good and only four points. Yeah. I mean, that almost seems like you could just throw it on everything. Yeah, especially mm -hmm. early on, because I feel like the struggle is like, I, I know that thinking back, and we'll talk about this more when we reminisce on 1.0, but um, early on, when you didn't have a dedicated carrier like the Quasar, and you didn't have the rogues, there was always this tension between like getting your ships to do shit and pushing squadrons. Mm -hmm. and, and with this, you can always be pushing squadrons and like naving or engineering too. So, um, you know, yeah, that's this, a good call. This gives mm -hmm. you a good jump start on, um, you know, being able to push your squadrons and do other things at the same time. So it seems like a good one. I agree. Yeah. Next one we've got is Kraken. This is an admiral, and it's obviously unique. 30 points. Once per activation, well, a friendly ship is attacking a ship. If another friendly ship is at close to medium range of the defender, the attacker may change one die to a face with any one icon and no other icons. That's really good if you're ganging up on something. That seems pretty good. I mean, you don't yeah. even need to gang up, right? It's just two ships. Yeah. You can just change one of your dice. I mean, that, that's really awesome. 
Yeah, we know how good Intensify Firepower is. This is like almost like fleet-wide Intensify Firepower based on a condition. And once per activation, that means you could use it on a salvo attack because that's the other person's activation, right? Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, though, is it's any one icon, so you could switch it to an accuracy. Or yeah, a crit. or crit. Which I guess it'll either be an accuracy or a crit, right? Yeah. Yep. For sure. <coughs> That's really good. That that could that could combo nicely with some things too. Um, I mean, well, I mean, any especially like a blue crit effect card. I don't know if those ships have those, but yeah, you know, like HIEs. Uh, yeah. I mean, that this is almost like a. Like, if you have the condition, it's just like a better screen. Yeah, it is. Way. It's kind of like that. that. Yeah, that's really good. It's a little bit on the more expensive side, and I think we need to know more about what the Separatist ships look like, but it looks like a good card. This almost feels like the only reason to not take, like, Turbo Laser Towers on stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then I think this is our last card we have to talk about is, um, this is a unique officer, Watt Tambor, faction lock for the Separatists. Engineering command, you may spend up to two shields from any of your hull zones or any one hull zone on another friendly ship at distance one to five to gain twice that many additional engineering points. Five points. Hmm. This is almost like a reverse projectors, projection experts. Yeah. Do we know the engineering value of the CIS ships yet? No. I don't think so. I don't think we know much of anything about them. All right. So we don't really know. We can't extrapolate too much how, how great this is. It depends on what their engineering value is. Well, right. no, I don't know that it does. <clears throat> Because it just gives you twice that many engineering points. It just allows you to move shields from their ship to your ship, essentially. Yeah. You can take but if two everything shields has... from their ship to your ship. So as long as the ships all have two shields, it's good. Yeah, or but all it, have a hull zone with two shields, which they do. But you're still getting the effect of the engineering command on top of it. So like if, if right. hypothetically all their ships have shit engineering values, then this might not be such a great card, but... That's kind of hard, hard right. to see at this point. Yeah, but yeah. even still, like with a token, now you're talking about being able to regen, assuming your value is three or four. <clears throat> Which, I mean, I, who knows what these are, but some of their ships will have threes and fours. Everything has threes and fours. And, you know, then you'd be able to, with a token, re get three shields. Yeah. That's a good point. That's really good. Yeah. And even yes. if your value is two, with a token, you can get two and move one. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, could, is, I think this is really good. I, I could see if they get like a big ship, um, which like with the Providence apparently coming, that's on the horizon. Um, mm -hmm. You stick this on the big ship and that, this, is, this card's going to make that big ship pretty damn tanky, I think. So, for sure. Yeah. Groovy. All right. Is that the article? 
though those were additional cards so i think that gets us through all oh, of okay. our cards but there were a few other like miscellaneous points that have kind of come up since since we've been talking about clone wars at gen con and i don't think we've discussed any of these on the podcast yet what's some interesting stuff so the first thing that's really interesting is um, I can't remember where this came out, but um, there's going to be a, a limit on aces now. You can only have four unique squadrons that have defense tokens in in a fleet. Or I think the way that they talked about it was it's it's one per 100 points. So as a practical matter in a tournament fleet, you're going to have four unique squadrons with defense tokens. Yeah, so you can still take like saber squadron and stuff. That yeah, it wouldn't count. apply to them. Yep. Okay. Saber and gold. I feel like those are the ones everybody uses. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this has some interesting implications because if you think about all the nastiest squadron fleets you've ever seen, um, this is going to put a dent in them, like Riken Aces. You think about mm -hmm. a fleet full of squadrons with brace tokens, it's not going to be a thing you can do anymore. It, it, it is interesting, <clears throat> but I believe the fleet, and we still got to see more of what changes are coming down the pipe, but there's that squad build that actually is even worse than that. And that it doesn't affect that too much is the MMJ, the, the, the Sloan Aces, because you still get Morna, you still get Merrick, you still get Jendon, you still get uh, whatever fourth one you want to put in there. Well, but, but, it's it's, not, but it limits the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, and it's the rest of it. The rest of it really kind of doesn't matter, though. For that, no, squadron, the rest of it probably is fine with a bunch of Tie Fighters. It, it fact, doesn't it might care. matter. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't care. The the three main culprits are Morn, American, Jendon, and then the fourth one is generally like what? I don't well, know. Normally, there's. I mean, who knows what the fourth Denver. one is now? Because yeah. normally there's Mauler and um, yeah, still and Mauler and. Um, what else would be in there? Well, Probably. Dengar, I think, Sienna. is devalued, devalued now with the intel change. Well, that's yeah, we'll another thing that. we should probably talk about. But, but yeah. I think, I don't know, I think that the not being able to take a full squadron complement of scatter aces, that, that's kind of a, a big deal. It's significant. No, I think mm -hmm. this is good. I don't know if it necessarily addresses the problem that yeah. M MMJ is. Right. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't. You can still take those three, and those three are the main part of it. That's but, you know, point. then you can't – then you got to choose between Dengar, Reimer, or – it at least puts a little bit of damper on it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it doesn't, but I don't personally think – I don't foresee it, like, really changing that list at all. Not in any meaningful way. Not that particular. You're not worried about yeah. it anymore, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think I think it does there are make other lists that it will change. Yeah, like Riken Aces is probably going to be a lot less potent without braces everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, mm, yep. Yeah. Although Jan Ors is still around to give you people braces. Yeah, but she doesn't have. She's not going to have her braces on top of everyone else's anymore. So true. So that that's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be a big change. Another one is. Um, so people spotted this one when they, they dropped, I think it was like a dial pack that's going to come out with um, the next uh, wave of stuff because they're not going to include um, command dials with every ship pack anymore. Um, and in that command dial pack is a bunch of activation tokens and everybody started speculating about what that means. 
and um, in in Gernis's interview with Krabach recently, he he kind of he, he didn't shed much light on it, but he said that it it's going to be a pass mechanic, kind of like what the Superstar Destroyer has, but it's a consumable resource, so you spend them, and it has something to do with how many ships you have in your fleet, and that's about how much he said about it. So that's right. very interesting. Interesting. Well, I mean, I feel like we can we. Sh- and what is there to say until we know how it works, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Something else that's interesting that he said in conjunction with that is that the three activation officers being um, Bale, Price, and Strategic Advisor are being taken out of the game. That's a good thing. The competitive game, at least. So, um, yep. I mean, the only one that was, like, a, I think a huge problem was Price, but, like, Strategic Officer was annoying because just, like, everybody had one. Yeah, because, like, what's better than a four-point activation? Yeah. I mean, right I, now, nothing. I, I think just taking Strategic yeah. Advisor out of the game is going to, like, you're just going to see a lot more officer variety going forward because of that. Yeah. You may, need, may see some more smaller shifts with people trying to get more activations. Yeah. I've always thought that, like, the biggest problem with medium ships, the reason you're not seeing them is because if you just – spend a few more points and get a large you get a four point activation if you want strategic advisor yeah a lot of times it, that that is the difference there so this change might might bring mediums back into the game maybe 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 joe will get to bring his victory back out <laughs> well that that hasn't stopped him <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't think that ever maybe it'll be good again that hasn't not happened <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't say again yeah, well, well, it's good for the uh, the acclimators right out of the gate because it looks like they're medium bases. So, oh uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Good. This is a munificent, right? They're both uh, medium. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, they they I mean we, whether I they both come with one medium and two smalls. So yes, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna get my mixed up. So another thing that's interesting, this is just kind of a minor note, is we've got that upgrade pack coming out, the card, the upgrade card pack. That's um, that's a pretty cool thing. It's just going to come with a bunch of cards, and I think it's supposed to come with every upgrade card that's been released so far. About 20 to 25% of them are going to have errata, so that's going to be interesting to keep an eye out on. We know, like, Leia's coming way down in price by, like, 10 points, so... Um, Hopefully they tweak some of the cards that you're not seeing so much and we'll see some more variety. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I guess it'll be nice that. just to have the errata printed right on the card now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to remember everything. You have to like look it up. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there's going to be duplicates of a number of them too. So that's good. So that's hopefully cool. we'll see some duplicates. They're, they're all full size though, aren't they? Yeah. So they're, they're changing the size of the cards are all going to be standard size. I think it's like called American standard size. Um, same size as the squadron cards in old Armada. So everything's going to be that size going forward. I feel like that's annoying. Like there's not enough room on the table. I think it's kind of annoying, but like it's it's kind of like a first world problems kind of thing. Like, <laughs> Agreed. Like, like whatever, it's, yeah, it's not going to stop it's anybody from playing show. the game. So some people are bitching about it, but whatever. It'll be easier to buy binders too. Yeah. Because there's all kinds of stuff for regular size cards. 
Yeah. And I think, I think the last thing that we, the last big thing that we've kind of missed is um, since, since we kind of forgot to cover all this Clone Wars shit is um, um, I think it's a German version of the squadron packs got spoiled. Um, and, so just without getting too much into it, there are some interesting things from, from a translation somebody made. There are a few new keywords that I, I think are kind of interesting. There's a, there's a skilled keyword, which is like a ba- built-in re-roll. Um, there's an evade keyword, which is like a built-in, you can force your opponent to re-roll. The big change that I think is significant is that um, Intel now makes friendly squadrons in distance one gain grit instead of the current effect. Oh, wow. So you're not ignoring a big squadron ball anymore to go bomb ships. You can't ignore squadrons. That's a huge change. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, that's probably going to like, that's totally going to change the squadron game. Yeah. Even like the MMJ, not, you know, that'll make those medium squadron wings or small squadron groups a lot more viable again, which would be cool. Yeah, because like now if you take the the super friends, the the um the couple A wing aces or the couple the interceptor and TIE fighter ace, you know, you, you can just ignore them and go bomb the ships with Intel, but now grit, you know, grit doesn't um grit keeps you from attacking ships still. It only lets you move. Um so I, I think yeah. that's a beautiful change. Um Yeah, I mean I feel like that makes like four TIE fighters and some reserve hangar decks, like a very reasonable anti-fighter defense. Yeah. That's cheap. Yeah, I agree. It's it's almost one of those changes that's like so big that we're almost going to have to like get it on the table and then come back to you all and talk about it later. Cause it's, it's just, it's just going to change so many things. It's hard to foresee at this point. And then, then I um, guess we'll talk about it more once we have some reps in. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing that's kind of significant is um, there's a new keyword. Looks like it's specific to separatists. It's called AI and can affect battery or anti-squad. And basically the effect is that if you're pushing a squadron that has this AI keyword, um, it gains an extra attack die either in its uh, anti-squadron or battery armament. So it's an interesting way to make the droids behave more like droids, it seems. Yeah, you're you're like uh, you're reward you're rewarded for ordering the droids or telling them what to do than having them do shit on their own, right? Yeah, and it's very yeah. that's very similar to like what's going on in Legion, like the CIS armies are like your droids like do shit you don't even want them to do if you don't give them command to- tokens and shit because they they can't like do stuff for themselves. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like a way to like kill the droid command ship and make the fighters garbage. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's essentially it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. I think that covers everything. Yeah, a lot of new stuff coming out. Obviously, we don't have an article yet from the separatists, um, so we'll be seeing that soon. And this is uh, exciting. Yeah. So they said this uh, is like a, this is like a blitz. So we'll see maybe this week, maybe next week we'll get the separatist article. Yeah. And this is uh, this is cool. And this is really going to help shake up the game. We got new factions might be a good opportunity for new players to come on. And um, I know we've talked about doing some uh, new player guides and thinking this is a good time to, to do some, some stuff like that. 
so look, look out for that. Definitely. Groovy. All right. So um, the next segment we're going to is, uh, oh, geez, what we're doing. Take a look here. Madonna's schoolhouse. All right. Right. Well, we, right. Just, well, we were going to just kind of talk about, you yeah. know, since we have all these changes coming. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's, uh, let's go over to the schoolhouse. We'll see you guys. Right. Let's do it. You're required to maneuver straight down this trench and skim the surface to this point. It's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. A small one-man fighter should be able to penetrate Princess Leia. Hi, welcome into Dodona Schoolhouse. And here we are um, doing a light farewell to Armada 1.0 because it feels like the game's getting a bit of a reboot. Not necessarily like a full 2.0, that's for sure. But it's definitely getting some changes. Um, enough to where it's going to look like a different game on a lot of different levels once all these changes are implemented. Mm-hmm. And there's clearly and obviously more stuff coming out uh, that we haven't seen yet, especially when you talk about that card pack upgrade where 20 to 25% of the cards are going to look different. So, you know, that's going to be point changes and ability changes and all sorts of different shit along with whatever's coming in with these, uh, with the clones themselves and uh, this new pass mechanic, it's going to be a different game, not a completely different game, not a 2.0, but I'd call it like a 1.5 maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. call it a 1.5, like a half of a change, but nothing where you got to buy like a new game essentially. Because I think a lot of new ga- game systems they go to like a 2.0. They like, well, you saw it with X-wing, like you yeah. had to buy the game again. Like it was a it was a different game at that. Point. Yeah, there's no like conversion kit. Everything you had before is still legit. Yeah, everything's still good to go. It's just a it's a light reboot, a soft reboot. Isn't that what fucking nerds say now? Like soft yeah, reboot or something. Yeah, I think shit. so. <laughs> and they've already so, said you can use all your cards still, so that's that tells yeah, you all you need to know. Even if you don't buy the new card pack, if you just I don't know, write down whatever the changes are, you're still fine. Like it doesn't Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well it's just like using the changes now. I mean, like when you bring turbo laser reroute circuits, you gotta just remember that it's an exhaust. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Or Avenger or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or whatever other card that's different, or Ranger for that matter. All right, so what do you? What about you, uh, Prime? What do you? What do you? Uh, what are you seeing here? Um, well, one thing I really hope for is like it, it kind of seems like, I mean, squadrons have been big; they've always been big, but it seems like larges have taken over too. Like you, you don't see the, you don't see a lot of, you don't see an MSU fleet anymore, and you don't, you don't really see a lot of smalls outside of. Um, That's not flotillas. Yeah, amazingly, like flotillas or certain support roles. CR nineties, you see a lot of. Um, yeah, you see, but like yeah. one, you see yeah. like Janus Light. Yeah, or you'll see like the. Uh, oh, what's the Raider that title? Corvus. The, the Corvus. Yeah, a, you'll see like a Corvus my favorite. Lifeboat. Yeah, yeah. Matt loves his Corvus lifeboat. <laughs> um, a lot of the time, you don't see a lot of like small shit or, or demo. You don't even really see demo anymore. No, demo's kind of gone away. Yeah, he's kind of dropped off. But like, like smalls in general, you kind of don't really see a whole lot of them. So it's, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see 
don't know, whatever changes they're working on, hopefully that revitalizes that. Like, I'd love to get my uh, my Rambo fleet out more often. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah be cool to out of more than like a gimmick tournament situation. Yeah, just to have more stuff be viable and used again and just shake it up to just, you know, maybe make new things work better. Be cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, we kind of wanted to just kind of go through kind of the history and, you know, some of the things we, we've done. So, you know, like when the game first came out, um, were, were all of us playing it at that point? Yeah, I didn't get into it till, I, I don't know, maybe a year after it came out or something like that. Okay. I pre-ordered the core set, so yeah. yeah I did yeah. too, but I didn't play like with anybody really. Until, I don't remember when I was a couple friends until like wave three. When I first started playing was right when the Liberty and the Flotillas came out. Okay. When I started playing in tournaments. Yeah, I was kind of playing tournaments with the Lansing guys like right from the get-go, and then I kind of had a hiatus for about a year, maybe around wave three time. So when it sounds like when you guys were getting into it, I was kind of out of it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, early on, I think it's kind of the same thing that you're going to see with the the new Clone Wars cores. Is like you you don't have a lot of variety. You just got you know your your medium and your small, and that's it. And you're kind of stuck with it. And uh, yeah, well, like, well, I'm just trying to go back to like lists that were like going on like when we first started. You know, I remember when the flotillas first came out, they were just getting like spammed like crazy. Yeah, well, if you go way back to, like, the core set days, um, <laughs> well, obviously, you only had the Victory and the um, and the uh, the Nebulon and the CR-90, but then shortly after that, you had the Assault Frigate and the Gladiator thrown into yeah. the mix. But I feel and like I, the game wasn't, red, wasn't, like, full until the CR-90, or not CR-90, the MC-80 and the ISD came out. Yeah, but even early on, just when you had the Wave 1 stuff, you kind of saw some of the beginnings of what you're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Um, like you saw Activation Advantage being a big deal with people just running a bunch of um, gladiators and victories and trying to mm-hmm. maximize the number of activations. I think that's a fleet that won Gen Con was... Um, yeah, the Gen Con special. Yeah, the yep. Gen Con special. What, what was that exactly? It was like a bunch of... I think it was a, a victory one and three gladiators. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because I think it was 300 points. Yeah, it was 300 points until wave two. And then on the flip side of that, the, the, the thing that kind of jump-started squadrons being like a, a dominating force in the game was you had uh, a couple assault frigates and then just a fuck ton of A-wings on the table because mm-hmm. uh, those are very efficient ships and that was all you had back then was the squadron pack one. And, you know, well, and at that point, the assault frigate was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was because you could just strafe around with those red dice. And uh, and then the, you know, the VSD couldn't turn at you. And it, like, you just murdered the VSD. It was so much better than it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was kind of like the first big squadron list that you saw win a big event. I think it was a Worlds. It might have even. It was. It was Worlds. Worlds. Yeah, it yeah. was the first Armada Worlds. Um, he had so, a lifeboat, too, I think. Yeah, maybe. But. But yeah, but, yeah, so it, it's just interesting how you could see like big trends in the game, even going that far back. Yeah, even then the victory was garbage. We knew it right away. <laughs> yeah, the victory started to our fourth list immediately. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of funny how like in X Wing people realized pretty quickly that the Tie Fighter, the original Tie Fighter, was just kind of garbage, and it was kind of the same way with Vic, the Victory. It's just never been good. No, um, there have been builds that have made it work. Like obviously, even recently, we've seen Victory lists winning regionals. I think um, even this most recent regional series season that got curtailed. I, if I recall correctly, it was either every Victory title or every Victory title but one won a regional. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Uh, including Corruptor. <laughs> so, but but yeah. So but anyway, they're not. They're still not great. They never have been, even going back to Wave Zero. No. no. And then we had the Wave Two. Um, yeah, that was the uh, the flotillas, the Liberty, and is it the Interdictor as well? Well, well, Wave Two was the Star the ISD. Oh uh, yeah, the MC80. What else did we get with that? I think was the fighter the, packs. Um, I thought the fighter packs came earlier. I think, I think those were that. I think that was it. Didn't we get the MC30 with that? With that way? Maybe. Yeah. You know what? I think you're right. The MC30 and um, the Raider was Raider? it? Maybe. I think it was. Where's the Raider, Raider came later though. It doesn't matter. No. Yeah. No, but anyway, that was kind of where, like, like we've talked about throughout, like that's kind of where we saw the game come to life when you finally get the ISD come on, come on the table. Mm-hmm. We had those massing at Solace events. I don't know if any of you played in in those. No, but that was were, right. That was like right before I came in or something like that. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. What they what they did was FFG gave a bunch of stores, like a lot of stores, really. They gave them one of each of the new Wave Two ships, so each each store got like a Star Destroyer and a uh, an MC80 and um, a Raider and an MC30, and the top four players at these tournaments would would get to choose in order. So that was kind of a cool thing that FFG did to yeah. to boost the game early on, and obviously people were really excited to get um, you know the home one and the the ISD on the table, and that was kind of a big moment for the game. It sounds like a very generous FFG that I don't recognize anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that doesn't nice. sound like the FFG I know. Yeah, it'd no, be it nice doesn't. if they did more stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Not even close. Man, they, no. they really clinched their assholes up since that. That really cheated <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. If I remember hearing right, though, I think part of the reason they did the mass in Solist event, though, was the fact that, like, the, the regular release got delayed. Yeah, it, people were kind of butthurt at that point because it had been so long since the core set had been released and there there hadn't really been anything. So I think they were really trying to invest a lot to jumpstart the game at that point. Right from the beginning, the delayed releases and wondering what the hell's going on and is the game dead <laughs> yeah just just remember people recency bias is a thing and you all think that right now is worse than any other time but this has always been a thing with armada <laughs> we've always <laughs> yeah. had slow releases <laughs> yeah uh, it's, it's actually it's still the reason i game. like it it's actually a reason i like the game because i, I kind of like to have a lot of time to digest my new releases i I'm kind of busy with work and shit and I don't have mm-hmm. like time to live this game. So like having months to live with a, a new wave is kind of a good thing in my book before the new thing comes out. So yeah, I don't disagree with that. 
anyway, so like wave three and four, those kind of came at the same time. And it sounds like that, that was kind of when you guys really yeah. got into it. Yeah. And that was yeah. when I was kind of out of it. So Matt's favorite ship, the Liberty showed up, you know, and this is really, the, this is really the wave of alpha. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not though because like the I've, interdictor I've kind of, and the liberty are your favorite two ships well yeah the interdictor i've kind of been running the interdictor since it's been shit i took that to adepticon like the year it came out and i did okay with it even though it was shit then mm -hmm. um but yeah interdictor liberty and both factions flotillas i think is what we got with and that's that what wave. started our whole flotilla problem i mean you remember yeah. before there was the two flotilla limit and everybody just had like four or five of them yeah, everybody kind of forgets that that was a thing. It was like such a problem for a little while. Well, it was mainly exacerbated by the objectives too, because you could just farm the fuck out of tokens with like yep. a bunch of shit ships yeah. or nothing really. Yeah, so you'd see like um, a home one, and then like four or five flotillas, and then like a bunch of squadrons, and you'd have a fleet that strategic like, squadrons. Yeah, strategic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that was. When did that Rogues right and Villains the come out? Conflict came. Well, it was after. It, it wasn't right away. It was after the Krillian conflict came out. We got the new objectives. Yeah, that really became a problem. Yeah, so I think Rogues and Villains came out with Wave Two. So that's something we kind of forgot to talk about was the Rogue Squadrons. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, Wave Three and Four. You still had the Rogue Squadrons, and you had the Flotillas, and people figured out that Flotillas are awesome for cheap activations because activations are a big deal as we found out with the gen con special with just the core set mm -hmm. and, i uh, feel like it didn't really sink in until the flotillas had been out for a while yeah before and that it, like, was really started getting abused that was around the time you had um that clan trooper guy kind of taking the vassal tournament by storm with his list yeah. with, with the gladiator de demolisher plus bunch of raiders list and like right. he, he would just be able to last first people and wreck them and like i i don't remember exactly what happened with that but he he dominated in a way that was eye-opening for a lot of people and it, it it kind of brought activation advantage to the forefront and then when the flotillas came out it kind of exacerbated that that issue and it turned into a problem yeah it really did a huge problem <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I remember even at my most depraved, I never, and I don't even know if this makes me a good person or just a dummy. I never ran more than three flotillas in a list. And now talking about that, so I'm, I'm like, well, fuck that guy. Like, running three flotillas, what a douchebag. But like, yeah, at the time, like the arms race, like you just had to try to keep up. It was ridiculous. Well, yeah. I never you didn't have five activations. I, I, made, I made like a personal decision in my head i'm just like you know what i'm not gonna be that guy like i'm just not doing it i'm not buying more i'm not gonna buy a fourth fucking flotilla like three is my max and that's it yeah and even then that doesn't even yeah you know guys not all heroes wear capes it's just <laughs> yeah <laughs> very honorable to, if you bill thank you not to toot my own horn but, uh, you know i got i got some honor in me you're all welcome. I'll set the standard for everybody. I was setting the standard at the time. <laughs> it was like yeah. really out of control. Wait, remember, it was remember like what so... was also big around then, though, too, uh, was uh, breaking aces. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Aces was a huge bugaboo at that time, too. Yeah, that was kind of the – they're still really good, but that was kind of the height of the Reich and aces 
because you could put your commander on that flotilla and you'd go fuck off and you could never catch it. And then it got to a point where you almost had to do that with everybody. And and let's remember that Riken has also been nerfed three times since then, I think. (laughs) (laughs) The last time they got it good. More in the pipe. Who knows? Like everything in that list has been nerfed at least once. Yeah. Yeah, because Yafaris, you used to be able to use, to use that fighter coordination team upgrade to move your squadrons in to engage and then attack with them with Yafaris. Yeah. And that was just totally busted. And they, they to, to FFG's credit, we kind of shit on them a little bit and they deserve it. But they, they also do respond um, slowly and deliberately. And I, I think that they, they've generally made some good choices with, with the direction of the game. Um, yeah, I mean, they fixed it. They they fixed the flotilla problem. They fixed the Yervaris problem for the most part. They fixed the the Gallant Haven problem. Remember that one? Yeah, where you could reduce damage to zero. Yeah. Yeah. And that constantly happened. If they, like, Gallant Haven surrounded by, like, Jan and Aces, they were just completely indestructible. Yeah. And there was nothing you could do. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that, like, from a competitive standpoint, Wave 3 and 4 was kind of a rough period for the game yeah <laughs> it was it was a bit of a dark time if we're being honest like it, yeah, wasn't, it, was. it wasn't very good if you go back and listen to like probably our first episode don't we just start off like shitting on wrecking aces or something and i like, believe yep. that's what the first adonis schoolhouse is our solution was don't play with that person yeah we were like that person is a bad person and you should just run away and those, people in your, and those people in your community that play that, you need to shun them and run them out. <laughs> I, I believe we told people to berate them. Yeah. To be fair, I think it's worked. It worked. It worked. We, we did it. <laughs> Success. Two, two, three years later, we've done it, guys. Yeah. You don't really see Riken Aces a lot anymore. No. no. It's Definitely still out around there. here. It's, it's still out there. I think it still can work it's on some level, but especially with the Onager being there now, forget it. Like you, yeah. you're fucking your virus is getting one shot off the table, and then once that's gone, you goodbye. Like you got yeah. you ain't got much of a shot after that, and you're running away tactics and stuff like that don't work anymore. The Onager is going to hunt you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people bitch about the Onager, and we'll get to that later. But I think that's 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 a good effect that the Onager has had is this kind of um, curtailed some of these slow rolling Riken Aces type lists that are just so dull to play against. Yeah, the balls that just slowly move towards each other and stuff. Yeah, because those are the most boring games of all time. No, no, no. You guys don't understand. You apparently yeah. don't appreciate the nuances of the squadron game and. You apparently don't understand it because that's that's high level play right there. I guess nope. you just you guys are you guys, you, you're just not learned. That's why we went and played <laughs> XCOM during that match at Worlds. We literally did. <laughs> we, we were so bored we left to go and play a board game. <laughs> did any of you guys go to Worlds during Wave Three or Four, or was that before you guys started doing that? I mean, the first Worlds I went to, Bill, you had gone to the previous year. Yeah. What so year I think was you it? went. In fact, I think the first tournament I came to, you were, like, about to go to Worlds. What year was that? Because uh, don't ask right me. Right after the Flotillas and Liberty came out. 
Um, it was probably 2016. Yeah, you know what? I ran a um, – that was when I was going out uh, west a lot for work, and I was playing in San Francisco a lot uh, with a, uh, some guys. And there was a buddy of mine there who really helped me, like, build a list. And I did fairly decent that year. Um, and I, I ran Akbar. And it was three flotillas with an MC-80. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have a fourth flotilla. I felt really bad about myself. Mm-hmm. But it was three flotillas. I had one combat <laughs> ship. And it was kind of weird at the time, too, which wasn't really going on. I had one combat ship, the MC-80 Defiance, uh, kitted out like the old school Defiance MC-80 Akbar would be. Mm-hmm. And I was taking Akbar with, for one ship. It was with the MC-80, three flotillas, and then... I don't know how the points work out. Don't ask me now, but it was either, it was probably like eight X-Wings. And I, I don't know if any of them were unique. It might have, they might have been, I don't remember. And that was what I took my first Worlds. Nice. And, yeah, and it was, it was interesting at the time. I remember that. I did, uh, I did pretty decent with it, I, as I recall. So whatever year that was, that was the, so the first So I'm looking it up. Wave, uh, wave four and five came out in 2016. Okay, so I went – that was my first year of 20s. I actually probably have a shirt laying around. I, I could probably go look at it. I got the two – I got shirts from, like, the first couple of years or something. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the one I have says 2017, which was the following year so. Okay, so that's the way you went. And then did it, do we go again the year after? I don't even remember. I think it – I feel like we didn't. No, I feel like just Brian went the year after. Okay. And he yeah. went by himself. And it then the year after right. that, it was at Adepticon. Which we all went to. Which we all went to. Yeah. Which was better. I yeah. liked it. Like, the FFG Center in Minneapolis and all that stuff, it was actually kind of nice. I mean, I, I didn't mind it too much, but this, where you played sucked. Like, you were jammed in that fucking little hotel next to the game center yeah. and stuff. You're clearly, like, the stepchild. And, like, they just shoved us off to the side. So, it was it, Adepticon's a much better venue. And it's closer for us here in Detroit, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. We can actually drive there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, stuff about. around there, like. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I guess there's stuff around the Minneapolis. But um, it's still, it was, I mean, it was, it was cool to go there. I'm glad I went because it's a really cool game store. Yeah. To see the the headquarters there, go dock with the mothership for a little yeah, while. Yeah, they have like a little restaurant in there, which was cool. And yeah, they have really really good poutine in that fucking place. Yeah, and they had like beer. And they served great. And they had alcohol too. And we were getting fucking lit up. Yeah, it was yeah. good. <laughs> which was fun. It was a fun. So so after wave three four we got five. So that was the the Phoenix home. The Architons and the Squadron Two packs. I feel like that wave was like, like nobody uses any of that shit. Squadron <laughs> Two is a big deal, but I, yeah. I agree. The Architons and the Pelta are kind of like not. I, I feel not like there's like a couple of uniques that people use out of the Squadron Two packs, and then well, I guess Decimators. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's where you get your relay. That's where you got your fucking Morna. That's where you got yeah. all of Morn Americ Jendon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But okay, so maybe the Imperial one. I feel like the and, Rebel ones are like no one uses E Wings or C ninety five. You see Hera. Yeah, like I said, a couple of the uniques. Yeah, you see Corin. 
Um, Katsu's catching on a bit, I think. I really like Katsu. I'm trying to bring Katsu in. Like, yeah. it's a rogue, bomber. two dice, bomber. Yeah. The thing with Scatter. that wave was, um, wasn't there like a short print of Architons? Because I just remember, and even now today, like people are just screaming, like, I can't get Architons or I want Architons. And like, nobody can get them or something. Well, I think it's just because a lot of people bought a bunch of them because they wanted to like run, you know, fleets of six Architons. And they didn't I think uh, I anticipate that. I, I, didn't get I bought five of them. Yeah, see, well, Matt, Matt was Matt's the reason I'm, I'm, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Architons are cool and they have their place, and I feel like you can use them here and there in lists, but. They weren't what we were expecting. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that the yeah. Pelta and the Architons are kind of like they're, they're. I won't say they're bad, but they're not like mainstays in the meta. Like, no. I mean, I've started using Peltas again with that yeah. shield shunting, and then I just eventually just transitioned back to CR ninety, and then shield shunt with the CR ninety, and I thought it was better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know if you guys listen to um, the Steel Strategy podcast with Biggs and Schmitty, like I know that those guys are really into the Pelta, and they'll go on and on about how it's a good, cheap, efficient support ship. It, it is. And and I know Dane, you've seen that firsthand at Gen Con this past year because Schmitty's all about them. But um, you know, it's it's just not something you see a lot of. No, I feel like it's a ship that, like, has potential, but it just, like, doesn't ever get there. Like, to get it usable, like, you got to, like, spend too many points on it, and then it's not worth bringing. Yeah. You know what You know what that just made me think of was um, the, an upgrade that came with that ship, and it, like, was fun to use for a little while. It completely fell off. Fell off was, uh, oh, what was the hangar bay thing where you could pack squadrons in your ship? Oh, yeah, up? rapid launch bays. Rapid launch rapid bays. Launch bays. Whatever happened to Rapid Launch Base? It's like, still out was, there. I mean, you can still it use was, it. No, man. It was like a thing, and it was fun. I remember, like, putting it on, like, uh, transports and, like, dumping, like, B-Wings out of transports, and you could do, like, an engine teching Phoenix home and, like, dump them out, but then, like, I, you just don't use them anymore. I, was, I think it's I just, was like – I using them when we got Radis. I would, I would use them as part of the nesting doll. Yeah, you could do the Radis thing, yeah. I think it just we just kind of all found that it was better to just have being able to deploy them like that didn't do anything for you. Yeah, I think that's the problem with it. Yeah, like you were just always better off deploying them in the beginning. Yeah, like it might save you a flak shot, but that's it probably. Yeah, and it's you know maybe positioning and activating order. Plus, if the ship got killed, fighter control team. The one that pushes squads, was that after that or before? No, I, I think, think that, that was, in, was in this wave. Yeah, and that's a big upgrade. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the one that lets you, uh, the flight commander, I think it's called, that lets you uh, activate squadrons after you move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're both, they were in this, when, when those two cards were in the same upgrade. Oh, you know, what, you know what other upgrade was in this pack too? Jurgerod. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jerjerod is huge. Best Imperial sure. Commander, hands down. Yeah, no he's still, still very fit. Oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah, he seems cool, but he's never really done much of anything, I guess. No. I love how flat on his face he fell, like, immediately, and he just never got back up. Yeah. yeah that's basically <laughs> 
He's like one of the few commanders who's never really done anything. If you even if you define anything as like regional wins, like I, I can't think of anything that Sato's done. The problem is he like sucks and he's expensive. Yeah, and he's situational. You need a lot of shit to go right to set him up, and you and you yeah. need to play bad for him to work well. I think that's the biggest <laughs> problem with him. Is you need to make bad plays to, for him to be useful. Yeah. In contrast to like Gerard, who's also in the same wave, co- coincidentally, he just always works. Yeah. Yep. Can't Gerard, shut him down. Always Gerard, does yeah, his thing. And like he's yeah. technically situational, but it's a situation that comes up all the fucking time. Yeah. And, and, and Bill, we've talked about this all the time. Like, you going to fly your ISD off the board? Nope, because George Rod's going to get you out of it. That's right. <laughs> Save your ass constantly. Yeah, he lets you do some wild shit and get away with it. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. Um, then wave six, we got the Hammerhead and the Quasar. Um, mm-hmm. Quasar's a big deal. Yeah, Quasar's, yeah, Quasar's cool. I, I feel like the Rebels need a ship like the Quasar. I mean, I guess it's the, I guess it's the Pelta, but I feel like it's just a, like a much shittier version. Yeah, yeah. The Quasar. It felt like the Imperials really needed the Quasar in particular, though, because you know their ships are more expensive, so you can't really devote an ISD to like squadron pushing, or you don't want to at least. When once there was a flotilla maximum, you didn't, you couldn't do that either. Yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of the flotilla, Max, remember that was it the German guy who had like like eight flotillas yeah. and tie bombers or something? And he won yeah. nationals with it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was Tokra. That was Dennis. It was. Yep. 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 Of course. Yeah, he didn't have a single real ship. They were all flotillas. Yeah. So that was the thing you could do back in the day, kids. <laughs> <laughs> and he was impossible to table because you can't you just can't kill eight flotillas and in no. six rounds, it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to be that fair, fireball. To be fair, yeah. maybe he's one of the only people who can pull that off because he's, oh, prob- yeah. he's probably the best Armada player in the world. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he, he's a, he's really good at like finding weird, broken things in the rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then just stretching them. Yeah, I mean, like he did the same more. thing with the more with that Morna. What the hell's that bitch? Morello, Morello, yeah. yeah. Is Morello even a chick? I don't even know. No, it's a, he's, he's some kind it's of alien. He's a he. Okay, yeah. I just assumed he was a female. I was wrong. Yeah. So then, um, Wave Seven was kind of a big one. Oh, Sloan was wave six too. That's that was a big deal. Yeah, Sloan was a big deal. That's true. Like everybody yeah. was trying to use Sloan. What was wave seven? I don't the that, the Chimera and the Profundity. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That was cool. I, I really liked how they did the Chimera instead of like giving the Imperials a different large ship. It was just like more ISDs. <laughs> yeah, like, I really liked that. Yeah. It, it was well executed, though. Like, at first, when they announced it, I was like, this is kind of lame. Like, couldn't they think of something better to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I I thought the way it ended up was pretty good. Oh, you see, I liked it right, right away because I thought it was just like, like, I don't like the idea of there being 
you know, these other, like, you know, everything you see, it's always Star Destroyers. Yeah. You know, so I thought it was cool. Like, we get two new variants, but they're, you know, and, and they were pretty different, too, this time. Yeah, they feel different. They they almost feel like different ships. They feel different roles. Yeah. Like, even now, I can think of a different use for every Star Destroyer type, mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Gauntlet fighters, you never really saw much of them. No, they were garbage. Because it's because Raid, that's when the Raid mechanic came out, right? Yeah. And like, Raid and- just, like, never really worked out. Yeah, and they were probably worried about the raid effect having too big of an impact on the game. And I remember before Wave 7 came out, people were concerned about that, but um, it just ended up not being that big of a deal. Yeah, although, you know, with these, some of these new upgrades and stuff requiring more tokens, because it, it, I feel like that's the reason raid is so worthless, is because it's so easy to just get a token. Yeah. You know, because of content. Yeah. But if you have other needs for those tokens... Um, that might be a problem. Yeah. And then like throwing a, a raid, concentrate fire raid on that clone gunner ship. Yeah. Yeah, that could be a, that could be an issue. Yeah, and then you had the MC seventy five too, and I think that was a good ship from oh, the yeah, get go. Like kind of kind of filled a role yeah. that the rebels didn't have. The the, the close big range. brawler. Yeah, the brawler. Mm-hmm. Um. We got the profundity, which was always a neat thing, and that kind of gave some life to the hammerhead too. And I know Bill was a big fan of the the aspiration. Oh yeah, the aspiration. Yeah, that's right. And the Radis Radis commander was was good fun. Still is good fun, I think, even though he's been changed. Yeah, Radis was cool because it really created a lot of like really different ways to play. And like I didn't really use it a lot, but I played against him a lot, and it, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Because it wasn't it wasn't just straightforward. You had to like kind of think think around a little bit. Yeah, you had to really like plan that deployment, prepare for it, and then like you know try and for you know playing against it, you had to try and force them into a bad drop, and then that was we thought it was a really cool point of the game that yeah. you don't really get against other admirals. I know a lot of people disagree with this, but I never really thought that the old version of Radis was busted. Oh, I don't either. Uh, you know, he, he made right. you think uh, about the game differently, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that was a bad thing. Yeah, no, that's what I think was really cool about him. I mean, it really switched things up. That being said, I, I kind of think that the errata version might be better for, like, new players. Um you know, That's probably it, true. It it makes it a little bit more challenging for the Radis player himself, and and even then it gives you a little bit of a buff because now he can deploy out to range two instead of just at range one of any ship. So mm-hmm. I remember when like the uh, like the two ship list with the you know Mornomer agenda. It was an ISD and a Quasar, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. rice and all that bullshit. <laughs> and then like Bill built this list that could just like. <laughs> drop on turn was it turn one or turn two and then just blow up the isd and win yes it yeah, was then, uh turn two or something yeah i set it up you, turn one yeah yeah you did it yeah. to somebody at, the, at one of the regionals and they got all butthurt i remember enjoying that yeah <laughs> yeah it worked it worked for a while i think i had like ms1 ion cannon on it or something too to like exhaust the brace because i always had accuracies or something like that because I dropped like a CR90B 
Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it would it would engine tag it with RAM, and then just they the would way exhaust it their out. ECM. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. I exhausted their ECM, so they couldn't accuracy, and then I would double arc with the MC seventy five. And between the Sierra ninety B and the seventy five, it would like kill an ISD. Yeah, because you had pretty, XI7s, pretty. so they couldn't redirect. Yep. You accuracy the brace. Yeah, pretty pretty yeah. Um, consistently, it, it did the job like every single time. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Uh, yeah, listener, go back and listen to those episodes because I I don't actually recall exactly what I did or how it worked, but that that's the gist of it. Yeah, that that was that was another big story of this wave was that was the wave we got the three activation officers that are now being removed from the game <laughs> <Being removed. laughs> because they because they fucking fucked the game up. Yeah, so I think yeah, yeah. I think it was a good idea because at that point everybody was kind of getting sick of the activation game, and I think FFG was yeah. looking for ways to kind of shake that up. Mm-hmm. But I think that having you know four point strategic advisor limited to large ships, and then you had price and bail on top of that i think it was a it was a good idea but it ended up being the wrong idea <laughs> yeah. yes definitely yeah. and i think that you know whatever they're doing now hopefully um they'll take it in a better direction with the activation game because you know we're at a point where you don't see many fleets without strategic advisor yeah um, and well like, because the game has become What's well, all that about it? I mean, it's always been this way, uh, whether people realize it or not early on, and then it became glaringly obvious as like flotillas and whatnot came out. But the game is all about activation disparity. If you can out-activate your opponent, the game's just easier. It's just mm-hmm. easier, and that's that's the way it is. And it's like that across a lot of game systems. Legions like yeah. that, Song of Ice and Fire has become that. Uh, Any game where you have this kind of back and forth activation system is like that. I think yep. it's fair to say. Yeah, to a point. Yeah. Yep. So, some of them have some, you know, pass mechanics built in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm, I'm seeing, I foresee the game um, going in a different direction where activations aren't going to matter as much. Yes. As much. It's going to be more, I think. To me personally, I think it'll amplify amplify player skill more because honestly, if we're being if we're being truthful about this, like it's just it's it's infinitely easier to play a game where you out activate your opponent by a couple activations, especially if you're you, going first, and especially if you're going first, and you don't need to be as good as them because it's it's just easier. It doesn't yeah. take much skill to out activate somebody, wait, and then jump in, and then hit and then jump out like it's it's that's yeah. not hard to do it's, it's a very I, easy thing to do i think price showed that more than anything else in this yes. way with with the two ship lists that were mm-hmm. big for a minute yeah mm-hmm. price was the only one that was a real problem yeah because like being able to just go last period and then if you had a big enough bid go turn like like you know you can talk about activation advantage over whole game or whatever but i think what price shows is that even just being able to do that for one turn is enough it's a game changing ability that's all you need just to do it once yeah so um you know i think it'll let you essentially let you go twice in a row with something yeah and then get out so you can't get attacked back right yep so um you know hopefully some lessons were learned from that and uh 
they'll they'll do better with with whatever they've cooked up with these past tokens. Um, I think they I think it'll be pretty good. Yeah. I I, uh, I have uh, I have faith in this new 1.5 Armada. Yeah. I mean the thing is, almost all the changes that get made are good. Like I don't know that I can come up with a change that was made that made the game worse. No. So, no, but I after I, initial release, that is. Yeah, I think this is all yeah. to say that uh, Wave Seven was a big wave. Um, yep. A lot of shit happened in that one. And. Uh, and after that, it was uh, the SSD, right? Well, well, something we missed actually. This just occurred to me. We missed the Corellian conflict, which I think was a huge deal. Oh, that was yeah, that was a yeah. huge deal. We kind of touched on it when we were talking about the uh, flotillas and the new objective. Not fl- well, when we were talking about flotillas and you know using a bunch of them with the new objectives and strategic. Yeah, but just adding those new objectives was huge for the game. I think absolutely. And I think it was the play, but like, do you guys remember? Like, we used to we created like all sorts of chat groups and we had different teams and like we did all sorts of shit completely oh, revolving yeah. around playing the campaign of the Corellian conflict. And it was really fun. We did a bunch of them. It was great. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved the color. And then the only issue was it was with it was, is like you could play it into the ground. And then we got to the point where we're like, uh, it's, it's, it's not so great anymore. Yeah. I remember we were home, we were home brewing a bunch of shit with it. And the last one we did where everything that one was pretty awesome. It was fun. It was fun. <laughs> but like everything died all the time. And yeah. could, everybody's recycling commanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you guys were making it so if a ship got destroyed, it got destroyed, right? Yeah, it was just uh, you had to like overkill it. You had to do its hull damage again. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it, that's really easy to do when a ship doesn't have defense tokens or shields or activations. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> listing on the board. <laughs> yeah, because I think yeah. you said it would it would have to move one. Yeah, because it was listing. It was just like yeah. existing in space, <laughs> just sitting there waiting for somebody to just destroy it completely. But it was yeah. fun. No, and, like, you know, those original ones, we had all those chats. Me, me, you, and Brian like had like a conference call to plan strategy <laughs> for our final. That's right. Thing. And and then we crushed them because they and didn't we, do that. We did fucking crush them. <laughs> who was that team? I don't remember. I know Turtle was one of them, but who were the was other? Turtle, team? Tristan, and Jeff. That's right. All right, Turtle, Tristan, and Jeff. That's right. Yeah, those guys would coordinate like that. Blasters. No. No, they didn't. Uh, <laughs> no, they didn't. That's where Turtle got his name. From the, yeah, that's right. From that, from the conflict. Yeah, due, due kept to trying his, to take Nubia. Due to his <laughs> slow play and turtling up. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was his whole thing. He played very slow, and he would just sit in the corner. Yeah, and then we got some good squadrons from Corellian conflict too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got all the you know the unique generics. Sienna Ray yeah. came out of there, right? Yeah, Valen yeah. did too. Yeah, um, Sienna Valen. I don't know what uh, Shara. Shara came out. Yeah, yeah the Bay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Biggs. That's yeah. right. It was oh. in there. Was, I mean, there's a lot in there that got Ten Saber Squadron is a big deal. Ten Num, yeah, it was huge. I mean, Ten Num was like half the problem yeah. with the Yavaris list. Yeah, once, right. once they finally got it under control, then they released 10 numb and broke it again. Because <laughs> yeah, you could do the double tap with him with Yavaris and then like murder everybody's squadrons. Yep. Yeah. 
That definitely happened. Yeah, but Corellian Conflict, I, I think that was just like one of the best, like peak Armada releases. Like, it's just good shit all around. I would agree with that. Like, all the squadrons are cool and get used yeah. for the most part. I still feel like Jonas is really good, but I would like never use him. You know, that felt like heyday Armada to me. And we sound like old men, like reminiscing. I know. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how I feel. But it felt like heyday Armada because I wasn't really playing anything else at that time. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, I'm my fuck. I got toes everywhere dipped in. Like yeah, I, well, I'm all over the place. All but, of us were kind of only playing Armada, and like yeah, like it was that was the only thing we were doing at the time. So like we, yeah. it was all Armada all the time, and we were playing like twice a week. Yeah, that's all we were doing. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm fucking I'm all over the place, but as I stare at my sea of fucking Song of Ice and Fire miniatures around me right now and, <laughs> and Legion and shit because the Mandalorians just came out and the fucking Imperial stuff like I, that's all around me that I've been assembling like I, I, I actually listener as I look around I don't see a single Armada thing near me <laughs> it's here it's still here somewhere <laughs> yeah so going back to where we were, the next thing after mm. Wave 7 was um, we kind of got the Super Star Destroyer and Rebellion in the Rim in quick succession. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll say this. Rebellion in the Rim was a huge flop. I don't give a fuck about it. I never gave a fuck about it. Like, I know we tried to play a campaign. You guys remember that? Yeah, we just yeah. Bailed, we yeah. just bailed on it. Like, Yeah, this would be a good time to talk about that, I guess, because like, you know, kind of... I feel like the problem with it was that it suggested the lower point format. And if we just didn't do that part, it would have been way better. I fucking hate Armada at less than 400 points. I just do. I actually like it at higher point levels. Like I don't, I don't see Armada as a skirmish game. I, I don't like it at the low levels. No, the, the low points are, it doesn't work. It's broken. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same place. Like what we found out was that, okay, well, if you can't kill an ISD with 200 points. Imagine throwing a Starhawk into that. Yeah, oh, yeah dude, well, that would have even made even worse. Fuck off. It's hard to kill a Starhawk <laughs> at 400 points. <laughs> yeah, Although the, the, the Starhawk would have the same like issues of like an SSD at 200, at 200 as the SSD does at 400. Because it doesn't get all the extra shit. No, the Starhawk's <laughs> unstoppable at 200. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah you, you can't, you can't kill it. It's impossible. Yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. no fucking way. Yeah, I mean, at 200, 200, 250 points, there's, you load up a Starhawk and that's it. You, you, you can't lose. But, but I guess the bottom line is, like, I, I think 400 points is kind of, like, that's, that's Armada to me. And, like, going yeah, slow that. There and it's always I, been built around that. Yeah, and I know, yeah. like, a lot of people like more than that. A lot of people like less than that. Like, these smaller fleets, like what they suggested for Rebellion in the Rim. But, like, that that just doesn't do it for me. We no. started that campaign, no. and I was just never really into it. Cause, no. But the thing is, if we did that campaign again with 400-point fleets that went up to 600 points, I bet we would enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. I, I think, like, in terms of, like, game design, yeah, I, I think it's a well-done campaign. It's it's just the scale I, I think didn't work for me. And it's it may have be have like a few too many complications. Maybe I think. The well, I, book, I just remember the rule book was like convoluted, and I yeah. read through it. I'm like, it was really I hard still to don't understand how to do this, do. dude. Yeah, like some... seriously, it was a huge thing that came out that was supposed to be like, and, and it was so detailed, and I just never gave a fuck about it. Yeah. I, 
Yeah, what I heard was that they had their RPG group and their miniatures <laughs> group both working on that game, on that expansion. Mm -hmm. And I think it kind of shows in the rule book because the rule book kind of disjointed. You kind of have to flip around to get to stuff. And I think the uh, RPG yeah. group got let go after they did that too. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> Shortly after, yeah. <laughs> But like, well, shit, you guys are gone. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> but if you get away from the campaign, you got some more objectives that I think are cool because you got some objectives that help fleets that have fewer squadrons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the exagers um, and the. Uh... Yeah, the I just like, really don't like the stupid whales. Uh, that's also <laughs> I'm where we got about it. We got some good upgrades in there. We got Link Turbo yeah. Laser Towers. We got yeah. extra yep. shield techs. Yep. Oh, yeah, a bunch of great upgrades. Reserve yep. Hangar decks, I think, was in there, too. Yep. And then there's that uh, Advanced Transponder Net, which yeah. I guess mm -hmm. with Intel changing is going to be kind of worthless. But yeah. I'm not worthless. There's still maybe reasons to use it. Yeah, well, that was a cornerstone of my world's fleet because I was relying on decimators and I had a ISD oh, yeah, with Advanced go. Transponder yeah. Nets on it. So that'll still be a thing with the uh -huh. Intel change. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I I like the uh -oh, squadrons. I like the objectives. Just didn't care for the campaign. So yeah, it's here? still a good, it's still a good okay. purchase. Yeah, we a lot of good now. squads in there. Lando's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Might even yep. be a bit busted, but <laughs> yeah, Lando's Lando's actually a little ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> But it's good. It's it's good to have somebody good in the Falcon because Han kind of fell flat right from the beginning. So, oh, you haven't seen Han in forever. I feel like Han was good when he first came out, but like all the other rogues, just like he's like his ability Dash to like was always better. Turn is worthless. Dash was always better. Generic YTs were always better, point for point. But it's because his ability, his ability, just isn't very good. Right. Like, cause it's like you go. It's it's like it's like Sado, like. It makes you do the only time it's good is like when you know you, you, you when get, you're playing you, someone bad when you're playing someone, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it doesn't let you do stuff additionally. You know, I mean, it would have been if you could do it both times, then you'd be then you'd be broken. But yeah, I don't know. I wish he was better because, like, you know, it's Han Solo. What about the SSD guys? Like. <laughs> The SSD is like the coolest model that there is. It's neat, yeah. And yeah. I think the SSD is what it needed to be. If it was yeah. any better, it would have like caused a huge problem. And like it yeah. doesn't really fit in the game. Like, so I'm glad it's not like a big deal. You know what I mean for tournaments? Yeah, so I think we they kinda, nailed the SSD. We we kind of talked about this. Like the yeah. Starhawk is just better than the SSD. We talked about this on our hot yeah. takes episode about uh, about Wave Eight, mm -hmm. um, and I think the thing with the SSD, and you even see this in other game systems, like in Warhammer, where they've got like the Titans that are just massive and ginormous compared to every other model in the game, is like there's a fine line between the thing being too weak. And the thing being so good, it just totally ruins the game. Yeah. And personally, I'd rather it be maybe a bit too weak 
And I think that's where it is, and that's where it's going to end up yeah. because of the Starhawk and the Onager in particular, and and even some of the other fleets that we were cooking up to counter the SSD when it had just come out. Yeah, I think the SSD was exactly what it needed to be. I mean, you know, when you get those huge pieces that like just like the game's not built around something like that, and like it just you can tell it's just not. And it's cool that it works in there, and it can be fun to play with, and I, that's all it ever needed. And it can still work. It does. It can. Yeah. You're just not going to see it win any big tournaments, I think, going forward. Right. No, I. No. There's just no fucking way. I don't get. I don't give a fuck who who's flying it. No, it's it not, doesn't matter because if you no, go up against matter. Starhawk, you're fucked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no it's fine. I, I agree with Dane. I, I think it's. I think it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate it. I'm. I'm fine with it. I'm just never really going to use the thing. No. It's for when you play those big games and you want to, you know, or you want to do some kind of narrative game if you're into Speaking that. Speaking of big games, at the next DaneCon, I kind of like, I think you, I think it was you, Dane, that said that. Talking about putting together like the Corellian Conflict final battle thing. Yeah, wouldn't it be fun? Together for like a DaneCon. That might be fun because that, that was like a lot of fun to do that really big battle. I really enjoyed it. and I think we should definitely do it again. Yeah, maybe we should do that. We should definitely do it. It's just the only issue was, did it take us like eight fucking hours to do it? Yeah, but that's why we got to do it at a DaneCon where we're like, (laughs) don't have shit else to do. Right. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to do that. Well, one day is going to be TI. One day is that. Like, that's going to be a a full docket. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, uh, I think that would be fun. I think we should try to do that, actually. I think so, too. We should actually probably like pick teams and build lists in advance. And if we did something like that, you know, then the SSD, especially like the executor class or whatever. Yeah. Like that, that could be something that would be a lot more fun, possibly. Like you could definitely try that. Mm-hmm. That could be a fun little test, actually, if we did almost not to like pigeonhole people into certain list building, but like uh, a recreation of like the Battle of Jakku and like where you got like three Starhawks against a, like a fully loaded SSD, like an executor class yeah. or something. Yeah. With with yeah. some Star Destroyer support ships and see what that looks like. That might be actually interesting. That'd be a good time. We should do that. Yeah, that's that it. Let's pretty do fun. it. Yeah. And yeah. that'll actually keep the game down a little bit by putting all these huge ships in. Yeah, and we don't get nuts with a bunch with of fighters. support ships You're not gonna load and fighters. Out like, or maybe we just yeah. skip fighters. No, well, I wouldn't say no. that. We could still have them. It's just like we, we don't go nuts. You know what? Yeah, let's start fucking uh, – let's start bashing this together. Let's start – Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ba- Battle of Jakku. So we've, we've got to have the Ravager on one side because that was yep. the one. And it, coincidentally, that's the good SSD title. Yeah. And then one of each of the Starhawk titles on the other side because those are the three Starhawks that took down the Ravager. And, uh, yep. And Agate. And, uh, yep. And we could do it like Krillin Conflict where we have – We have three admirals. Three admirals and the three different stuff. I'm sure we can make that work. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. There we go. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. We'll put it together. And listeners, if we come up with something, we play it, and we actually think it's decent or good or something, we can maybe uh I mean, I'm not gonna put a lot of work into this, but I'm sure somebody else will. Like write up uh like a little thing and you know, give you guys a little template, be like, Hey, if you want to recreate the battle Jakku or actually do something where you feel like you spent good money on an SSD and you can use it for something, like mm-hmm. here, try try this. Yeah, good call. Yeah. <laughs> all right cool yeah and then uh, the last wave was 
Start hawking on it, or fuck yeah, yeah. new future. Yeah, that's what it we're, looks like. We're still kind of figuring this one out. I think I know people want to whine about how overpowered both of them are, but that's kind of standard fare with any miniatures game. People whine about how overpowered the new shit is. Well, it's across. It, it's across multiple platforms. It came out, I see it, it was out for a month, yeah. and then everyone locked you, down. You see it in everything. Yeah. Yes, you see it everywhere. Every every miniatures yeah. game I've ever played mm-hmm. especially when you introduce a new mechanic like what we've got with the onager and like what we've got with salvo mm-hmm. like people will bitch about the new stuff yep relentlessly well yeah there's a thing that they used to do doesn't work anymore yeah the the so- thing in song ice and fire right now is uh, the dragons are coming out and they're mm-hmm. they're really good and people are just super butt hurt right now i've been yeah. so about song before the dragons came out <laughs> <laughs> that's because you just um You've been I'm playing the bad. wrong stuff. You yeah. know, well, <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's not true. I think you just need to, honestly, you, you want to, you just got to play some Starks a little bit and you'll feel better about yourself. So, so I saw, I saw um, like one of the top X-Wing players say this in one of the chat groups about X-Wing recently. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as a community, we need to stop whining and mm-hmm. about the puzzle and start trying to figure out how to solve it basically you know sounds good to me don't 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 whine until ffg makes the puzzle easier to solve figure it out yourself cuz this this shit's all been play tested and um, yep. you know there's 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 a way to crack it with the tools you have i think um and, oh, and sure. maybe maybe since wave 8 came out right before COVID hit and there wasn't really much of a regional season before that. And we haven't seen the counter yet. Doesn't mean it's not out there. Just because you can't do the same thing you've always done. Doesn't mean the game's broken or you can't, you just have to adapt. I'm sorry. You can't run your same bullshit that you were doing before. Uh, You're just going to have to, you know, evolve and adapt with the game. Or you can wither away and die and keep running your same shit and you'll just lose a lot. Yeah. You know, and I if it turns out to be a problem, which we I, we just don't have enough data yet, then they'll fix it. Yes. Which I think they've kind of alluded to because I think Gern said something about a living rules reference, like what Legion's doing. Yep. Oh, okay. So um, I think he said that at Gen Con or shortly after Gen Con or something like that, or, or someone did, I think. So we obviously haven't seen that yet for Armada, but I think it's, it's fair to expect that since X-Wing and Legion both have it. Yeah. And cool. we've already been talking about how Armada is kind of doing a soft reboot. Uh, the game's going to look different uh, once that happens. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the bitching going on doesn't, kind of make any sense like you you'll see yeah it's, it's gonna look well, yeah, like let's wait and see what those changes are so yes. we see what the whole thing is before we decide whether it's good or not right yeah that all said though i think there's no question that the starhawk and the onager are both at least good pieces to have in a fleet there's no, no they're, question they're both they're, oh, the num- they're the number one stunners right now i mean yeah. that's without without a doubt yeah and, they're, um, they're, they're definitely both very good and I think Dane and I were talking about this as um, a gate might, to the extent that there's an issue with the power level, a gate might be the problem rather than the Starhawk, at least on the Rebel side. I agree. Because, like, yeah. She, yeah. she just makes yeah. 
anything better. And I think it's fair to say that maybe she's just straight up better than Dodonna at 20 points. Oh, no. I don't oh, think no question. I think she just definitely is. She is better than Dodonna at 20 Yes, points. very yeah. much. Yeah. As long as you have one big ship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even for small fleets, though, like JJ in our ORJ Vassal tournament when we did that a while ago, like he yeah, took. Yeah, that MC30 was fucked. Yeah, was he, took, he took a gate on an MC30 and it was great. Like, like yeah. maybe maybe that's doubling down on survivability a bit too much because Admo's pretty survivable already. But like. No, but Admo's not like unkillable. Yeah. But a gate might make it unkillable. Maybe. Um, but point being, like, there's probably not a fleet on the Rebel side that's not good with a gate. Like, yeah. I mean, a gate, you know, except for maybe like some sort of like MSU type list where you just got like a bunch of Sierra 90s. I don't think she does a lot for you there. Yeah. But yeah. You don't see those right now because of current yeah. rules. Well, right. Yeah. I think. But that may change with these changes, so that may fix this whole problem. Yes, that's yeah. that's that's the big thing right there, is to see what else becomes viable. Because I think we've spoke about it before. Kind of the concern is, will you see a rebel fleet going forward without a Starhawk or without an Onager? And I don't think that's healthy for the game either. No. I know me personally, I can't remember the last time I built a list or ran, ran anything that didn't include an Onager or a Starhawk in it. Um, but, but part of that is just because we want to play the new hotness, right? Yeah. True. Yeah, a little I'd bit. With that. There's, a, there's a lot of that, but I'm also thinking about other lists that I'm just like, ah, you know what? I'd rather just run this because I know it's better. But yeah. that being said, with the different changes coming out, hopefully uh, different lifts archetypes will be viable and you won't just assume you'll see just nothing but Starhawks and Otters yeah i think part of that too is that like we've been in this whole covid situation basically since the starhawk and onager um released where like we never really left the new hotness phase for that wave like we're oh yeah i see that yeah especially yeah if you don't play vassal or whatever which i don't so yeah Yeah. i i don't think any of us really do (laughs) no No, not really but yeah i've kind of started i'm kind of to the point where i'm like kind of looking at the next thing because that's always how and and going back to what you were saying bill like these miniatures games it's always the same thing there's always Mm -hmm. a phase where like the new thing hits and that's all anybody wants to play and that's what we're seeing right now when when we talk about this tournament that we all went to or three of us went to you know it was a bunch of starhawks because that's the new thing um Mm -hmm. and just and like we've been stuck on the new thing for a while now because nobody's getting out of their houses but um you know the next thing after the new hotness phase is people start thinking about well how do you deal with the new hotness and how do you counter it yeah yes i I think we're not there yet with this new wave um with wave eight um, and the, and the, the answers might be not out yet that's true. I mean, the answers might be in that card pack or in the Clone Wars set. Or in the new rules. Let, yeah. yeah. Most likely. You know what? I just or some combination too. thereof, right? This is actually a very unique time in the – as we go step back into our old man loafers and the history of Armada as we lived it. Um, n- never before has, like, there been 
this major thing, like a Starhawk and Onager come out, and then a whole new, two new factions coming out to kind of distract you from that thing. Yeah. So, like, we've got this we're dealing with, but then these all new stuff coming out, and people are just going to, I feel like almost like, you know, moths are going to get distracted and go off and do that <laughs> shit. You know, and they're going to be all about their Clone Wars stuff, and they're going to kind of forget, like, then oh, we're going to go to a tournament and a Starhawk's going to slaughter them all. Yeah, and a Starhawk and Onager are going to yeah. fuck yeah. everybody I was, up. I was going to say, Bill, that's the thing is I think that neither of these factions, at least right out of the gate, have the tools to deal with the Starhawk and Onager, really. Oh, yeah, but, no I, but I don't there's think no that's a fair comparison because I don't think they have the tools to deal with an ISD either. Yeah, maybe not. But, but the Starhawk and Onager in particular, I think, sure. present some unique challenges. No, I agree. But my yeah. point was more not necessarily the ships or the, the, the faction itself. It's the player base itself. Yeah. I think the player base itself might get like distracted by the, the even more new shiny, even though that Starhawk and Onager Mir is still pretty fucking shiny. Yeah. Um, and that's going to even detract more from like, you know, figuring out the issue we're currently having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they're, they're the puzzle that we're currently having. So it'll be actually an interesting time because um, Armada's never really had anything like this going on at, at that, you know, at the, at the juncture we're at. The thing is, though, I don't think you're going to see, like, any uh, new, you know, Clone War stuff at, like, a high-level competitive tournament. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, like, people are going to be playing with that in their free time. Oh, yeah. And, fu- and fucking with that a ton or, and, you know, focused on that, and then they're going to go to a tournament obviously not bringing that but bringing something else and be like oh shit that's right we got this starhawk and onager thing uh going on like what what, what was what was the what, what was, was the, the plan again yeah what was the plan again yeah this is not fucking i don't have obi-wan right now like what, what am i doing on top of all that we've got all this shit with like this upgrade pack with all these eroded cards and we've got the ace limit and we've got yes. this past token thing there's just a yeah. lot of stuff in play right now that's gonna shake things up and with that many changes it's gonna be hard to like say what's good like because the yeah. answers are gonna be all different yeah yeah it's gonna be all over the place and and if you think about it if you that's don't great. care about clone wars and you're just into the civil war shit like you're almost getting kind of a new game in a way. Like you can find different, so you could, you could replay the game different now, so to speak, with just the shit you have. Like you don't even really need to buy into Clone Wars. No. Yeah. Certainly not. And that was one of the things I did like about the game too, is like we did have that, did fucking a year and a half between releases after Wave 7 came out. But people were coming up with interesting shit with everything that had been out already though. That's true. Yeah. You were seeing original fleets coming out and then without really like any like limited new stuff. Yeah, I mean like the double dick list that I brought to Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Nobody sees the double dick coming. No. <laughs> now with the balls hanging off. It's like the Spanish like Spanish Inquisition. Yeah. You just never see it coming. No. That wouldn't work with an onager though. <laughs> no, I don't the Onager destroys that list completely. No, yeah, I it think. probably does. I don't know. It, it might not. If I can get into no, long it, range, it, it might be able to. Uh, <laughs> I might be able to tank a couple Onager shots in that list. Yeah, Interdictors hold up surprisingly well against Onagers. I I kind of found that in the couple trials I've had with with that matchup. I just feel like the best way to deal with an Onager usually is to rush it. Yep. Try and flank it. Well, you just got to get there fast. 
Yep. And get and get out of its front arc. Yeah. Then it's then it then it just falls apart. Going back to our best Imperial Admiral ever, Jer Gerard. I think he's he's <laughs> the man going up against the Onager because he can do so much like distance control and maneuvering and all that bullshit. You kind of have to outactivate him to do that though. Yeah. Otherwise, like you're best, you're better off just like going straight at the thing. Yeah, that's true to an extent. Because like you're not going to get out of it anyway. It's just like you got to take it once. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, through through wave eight though, like you know, we've we've obviously covered a lot of territory. Yeah, yeah I mean, come a long way. I'm out of the game. Especially tonight. Where where are we at record time right now, Dane? Um, it doesn't tell me that. It's got to be more than that. I mean, it's it's, it's over two hours. Yeah. Started nine thirty. We're keeping up on we're keeping up on zero dark right now. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was gonna say I'm getting smoked. Yeah, I, I feel like we are done with this segment and we don't need to do the next ones. And we can talk about that tournament quickly. There wasn't a lot of people at it. We should talk about the tournament. I'll, I'll just right. say, though, I think I think overall, I think FFG's managed Armada pretty well. Like, people whine about the slow release schedule, but I, I think that, you know, that's, that's kind of led to having some, some good, well-managed balance through Arata and various releases. <laughs> things like that and i i don't think armada needs a reset to be a good game but i think that you know it can certainly be improved and hopefully they're doing that with with this uh with this new we'll call it 1.5 business i i really think the intel change is going to like totally revitalize and fix the squadron game and make it what it was supposed to be that's my hot take oh boy yeah. Ooh, that's a hot take right there. <laughs> hot take. Steaming hot. Right out the oven. Smells like desperation. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. All right, so all right, we'll wrap this up and we'll do we'll talk about that fucking tournament these guys went to. So we will see you over at Hamarimtex. Hamarimtex. We'll see you there. Oh dear God, what the heck is a rim job? Oh, why that's when you put your legs behind your head and have someone lick your ass. I can taste it. In my mouth is just so bittersweet. All right, welcome back. How my rim taste? Go. You guys talk about it. I didn't go to the farm. All right, we did a tournament. Uh, it was at Games for Life in Lake Orion, Michigan. My hometown. Uh, it was fun. Uh, yeah, it was a good, cool, cool store. I'd never been out there. Um, they had they had a ton of stock, which was cool. It's just everything. Um, it was, uh, but yeah, it was fun. Um, we did three rounds. I think we had seven people, right? Uh, I think so, seven or eight. Seven or eight. I feel like we had an odd number. Um, yeah. And, Pretty good uh, for a pandemic tournament in any event. Yeah, it was good for a pandemic tournament, right? I mean, there's me and the yeah. me and the two the two mats what both went. Um and then uh Luke, friend who you've all heard Luke. about. Yep. And uh then there was uh it was Giuseppe and Jesse and I didn't play Sean, he, I think. Sean. Sean was his name. He, he so, was so, a cool guy I talked to about yeah. playing, so I didn't Three three newer players. I think Sean's a fan of the podcast. So hi Sean. 
Yeah. Hey, what's up, Sean? And uh, yeah. Um, so, but it was it was a fun <laughs> tournament. Um, we talk about did we did we all bring Starhawks? No. No. Matt did okay. not. Be- no. Beta did not. I should say. So I brought a Starhawk to with Unity and a gate, just like loaded up for defense, essentially, um, with rogues. You know, I mean, I can talk about, I don't think we need to get into exactly what they were. They were a mixture of aces and generics, just four aces and three generics. Um, yeah. So I brought the same thing basically as Dane, except yeah. I was paranoid <laughs> about the Onager matchup. So I brought a hammerhead instead of, so, so I brought a Starhawk, a flotilla, and then a hammerhead instead of a second flotilla, just as insurance in case I was in a matchup where I thought the Starhawk was at risk of actually dying, so. Yeah, I, and I just brought, I brought a bid instead of a second flotilla. Yeah, and then my squadron complement was eight YT-2400s, which yeah. is my thing, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt's favorite. <laughs> so, um, I played my first well, game. What did Beta bring, though? What did I bring? Oh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't bring a Starhawk. What'd you bring? I, I... <laughs> <laughs> it probably I, uh, sucks. There's it... a reason he's Beta now, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, well, I, I where, this change. is where it changed hands. Yeah, this is where it changed hands. And I realized my mistake immediately when we, like, after, like, our first turn. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna lose this game. Well, tell us about it. <laughs> so I had, I had, I had shout out to Jeff. I had double side moves with Jurjarod, and uh, and then two combat Gazanis. And then on top of Jurjarod, you also had that fleet command that let you get the extra click at your last yeah, joint. The, uh, so um, take evasive action. Yeah, that one. And then intensify firepower. Yeah, it was it was nice. There were yeah. Could, they can move. Yeah, when you com- combine that with Jerjerod, it gets kind of silly. It ended up being like you didn't need both. No, I I, I totally used both. Oh, okay, a lot. cool. Yeah. Did you just kind of go like, okay, well, I don't need nav commands then? No, I still I still navved a whole lot too. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I navved and Jerjerod. It's like, it's like you have the flexibility to do what you need. Like Jerjerod, because he takes he takes the uh, the shield point off. Mm-hmm. I tried not to use him, and try to be as flexible as I could with just the nav commands and the uh, um, the fleet command. But I mean, sometimes you like you need to just. I mean, at one point I was double I was double clicking at all three points. I was nice. pulling pretty a, awesome. I, I, was, <laughs> I was pulling a turn hard. I I had, I had shot past and I wanted to try and reengage. So. Yeah. Reengaging always goes badly. Almost always. Almost. Yeah. I got a piss. Like you guys keep talking. Yeah. Beta, I think you should go first. Okay. Yeah. So our first game is we ended up we ended up squaring off the, the, the battle of the mats. Um, and I realized immediately I had hardened bulkheads on both side moons, and I should have put in the uh, was it the, the quad laser turrets. Yeah, hardened bulkheads doesn't do much for you in the Starhawk meta. No, and I was I was thinking it's like I can go ahead and ram with uh, with impunity, but I realized I needed more squadron deterrent, which um, I think that's right. I think it's a quad laser turret, and they give you counter one. 
I mean, counter one paired with a double black flag is pretty devastating to squadrons. And I needed that little bit of extra to scare off uh, Matt's 2400s. Yeah, so I kind of jumped out early with my squadrons, and and I'll say that the, the double black flak on both those Simons kind of lit me up pretty good. Um, so so maybe a little bit extra could have taken it the next step, but, um, you know, you, you yeah. still put the herd on those squadrons. Yep. I never shot your Stellhawk once. No. And then, yeah, you uh, yeah, you burned down one of the ISDs, and I got like two of your 2400s, and I think that was like it. It yeah. was it was rough. Yeah, I think that was a seven four for me, if I recall. Yeah, I, I killed it. I killed. I had to kill something else, but yeah, not not enough to make up for it. Um, I don't really remember either of my other two games. <laughs> cool. It's, it's been a while at this point. Yeah. Did you lose both of them, or did you win one? Uh, I won one, and then the other one I lost in a mutual table. In. So it's nice. always a good time. I, I had an interesting yeah, tournament. Yeah, actually. I love hearing yeah. shit like that. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was a Starhawk that we nice. mutually tabled. Yeah, I took mm-hmm. on the Starhawk, and yeah, yeah, he had. Yeah, he had a Starhawk and like like five scurves and yeah. like some other stuff. Yeah, I think like a Jan sex wings kind of thing. Yeah, something yeah, you always see. He had a bomber ring that was able to throw him over, and yeah, yeah he, he, I wasn't able to get away. Yeah. Because yeah, I remember coming over to the table at the end, and like his star destroyer was just like surrounded by scurves, and <laughs> it didn't make it. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're pretty All good right. once they get in range. Yeah, they are. So, so that covers you, I guess, if you don't remember your shit. What, what place yeah, did you come in? That's about all I got. Yeah. Were you like. Fifth place, fourth place, something like that. Something like that. So I guess I'll go next because I didn't win the tournament. Um, so Matt already covered our game. Um, then after that, I played Dane in my second game, and that was kind of the mirror match because our lists are very similar, obviously. And that's kind of how it played out. Um, and basically I think that we both realized mutually without talking about it, that our Starhawks would not kill each other. So I don't think either of us really made an effort to shoot at each other's Starhawks. And we were both just focused on taking down each other's support casts. And the end result was that there was basically nothing left on the board at the end of the game, except for Starhawks and, maybe like three squadrons between the two of us. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And Dane won by like four fleet points or something like that. I think like it that. was two. It, yeah, my, it was two. <laughs> so that was literally the closest game of Armada I've ever played. I'm pretty confident. Yeah, um, especially to be like a game. I, I mean, I played games that were close like that, but not one where like a bunch of stuff died. Yeah. But usually when you get those games, it's because like two fighters died and one cost two points more than the other one. Yeah. And even though our Starhawks didn't really go at it, I still thought it was a pretty tense and fun game. Like, Yeah, it really was. Because like, <laughs> it was like really a big deal who's going to get whose squadrons. There was a lot of dice being rolled that like, um, you know, were important. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think Dane and I, we kind of talked it out at the end of the game. And I think the, the deciding factor in a way really ended up being the fact that he had gunnery teams on his Starhawk, which let him get off an extra flak shot at the beginning of the game um, that I wasn't able to take because I was focused on taking down his, one of his flotillas or, or his flotilla because he only had one. Yeah. But, but anyway, that distracted me from taking a flak shot and, and that may have been what ultimately swung the balance. So um, I thought that was really interesting. It was. it was. It was a really close, fun game, I thought. And, it, you know, th- this this whole tournament for me pointed out really nasty unity with LTT and Torrin Far nearby. And, like, it's so many re-rolls when you're rolling flat. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people are focused on, like, the potential of having that second salvo on um, – the Starhawk with local fire control to replace that contain, but with um, with gunnery teams like Unity is such a flak beast, and like you're you're kind of missing out on that in a way if if you're not able to take advantage of that double reroll between Link Turbo Laser Towers and Unity. Three, if you got Torn Far in there, which yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good point, and you know it's something to keep in mind with the Starhawk list is like, don't write off gunnery teams just because you want to go for that double arc. Um, that flak potential is pretty juicy. Mm-hmm. And then um, my final game was against Jesse. He's one of the newer, newer players. Um, I forget what Admiral he was taking, whatever. I, I tabled him in like turn three or something like that. So he had an onager, I think, right? Yeah, he had an onager. He had an interdictor, a couple flotillas. I think he had reserve hangar decks with interceptors. Um, and we okay. played rift ambush, and he he kind of put the rift in a position where turn one, I was able to slingshot the Starhawk at him, um, which I was exactly <laughs> in my first game. <laughs> <laughs> to a different, um, to, to, to Giuseppe. <laughs> so like. Turn two, I wiped an interdictor off the board, which is like not something you should be doing to an interdictor. Um, but it happened, and then I was on to the onager right after that. It was not a long game, but you know that's that's armada. That's the learning curve you deal with as a new player. It's kind of tricky, and you get the shit beat out of you a few times before you figure out the the dangers of putting the grav rift in the middle of the table when you've got a starhawk on the other side so yeah but but yeah overall it was a fun tournament it was a good event so it was nice to get the new shit out on the board and i i came in second place one point behind dane which um you know would have been the two point difference if if dane hadn't uh didn't have the uh, the MOV advantage on me, so it was, it, it was ultimately a little bit more than that. But it was a pretty tight tournament at the top. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess me, I'm left here. So my first game, like I mentioned, was against Giuseppe. Um, kind of same kind of thing. Although he had his list was kind of interesting. It was like an Admo, and I think it was Admo and Foresight. And then there was an Assault Frigate, and then I think he had Tycho Shara, and then maybe two flotillas, or maybe a Hammerhead in there too. Um, and he like did a good job of hitting and running on the Starhawk. It's just that he wasn't able to do enough damage, but like he got Edmund or Foresight got away with like 
one health and like three shields, um, which was frustrating. Um, and yeah, was I remember walking over to your table at that game, and you guys both seemed kind of pissed at your dice. Yeah, and they were they were both cold. Uh, his dice were terrible. <laughs> Mine were not as bad as his. Um, and then I was able to get his assault frigate. Um, which I think was all I got, actually. I think the game ended up being, like, just the Assault Frigate. Um, he may have gotten my flotilla. I don't know. I don't really care about that thing. Um, <laughs> I, like, I don't even register that as a loss. Um, but uh, so that was that game. Um, and then I think I won a – it was either a six or a seven. I'm not sure which. It wasn't a big win. Um, then I played Matt. We already talked about that game. Uh, final game, I played Luke. And uh, Luke had a Starhawk as well. He also had a Liberty. And he decided to put a gate on the Liberty instead of the Starhawk. So I kind of decided pretty early in the game that I can kill his Starhawk because mine has a gate. His doesn't. And uh, I was right about that. He kind of <laughs> swung around with the, uh, with the Liberty to kind of flank me. And I just drove straight at his Starhawk. And he ended up uh, kind of corn-cobbing me from the front and the back. And... <laughs> I ended up getting away. I was, you know, my fighters were able to do a lot of damage. Um, he, one other thing that, you know, talking about Link Turbo Laser Towers, he left Shara at long range of my uh, Starhawk. And because I had gunnery teams, I was able to also shoot at her. And I just used Link Turbo Laser Towers. Um, so I rolled three dice at her. And I was able to put one damage on. I got one damage and an accuracy. And then, you know, the five, I'm not sure, I think it was the following round when I was like kind of mixing it up with Tycho and Shara. I sent Lando over and I rolled three hits. And then I just changed the red to, or I changed one to an accuracy and boom, I won. Um, <laughs> the accuracy, brace, whatever it was, he ended, ended up being it. So I killed her. I don't remember the exact what, you know, situation, but I was able to get that killer. Um, with, with a Lando shot, which was, which was big. And I used it for an accuracy, which wasn't really even like something that had occurred to me, which it should have, but like, you know, when you're going against squadron, sometimes you just need the accuracy. Um, Cause yeah, in that case I had rolled the double naturally. <laughs> um, so I was pretty lucky, but. Um, so then, yeah, so I went at Luke and I ended up tabling him. Uh, my, my Starhawk was like on fire and he, I don't think he did a lot of damage to my fighters. They, and they did quite a bit of work, too. Um, but basically just hammering his Starhawk until I was able to get it. And then eventually I was able to get the Liberty as well. Um, that was mostly the fighters and ram damage because he was double ramming me for a little bit of it and landing on a debris field. Uh, so I'm going to talk twice. some shit because it's Luke. But um, – well, you're breaking up, man. Like putting a gate on the Liberty was like an attempt at a big brain. So, so I'm going to talk some shit because it was Luke. But would you say that putting a gate on the Liberty rather than the Starhawk was like just a big brain move that didn't work out? Yes, but I don't know if that it was a mistake. It was against my list, right? Um, and he then he you know he had a gate on the Liberty. I, I think it's a mistake, but you know I've played that list with it on the on the Starhawk and the Liberty, you know, running separate. And the Liberty is it's really hard to keep it alive. And 
I think Luke's thinking was that he could balance it out. Um, you know, but the problem is I feel like that ends up leading you to a trade, whereas making the Starhawk almost unkillable is, is better because and then, you know, with, even with the Liberty, you know, you hide the Liberty and then just use it as a finisher. Um, I think is the way to go with those two ships. But I mean, I'm not, not to say that his list is, doesn't work. I just don't think it works against a not gate Starhawk. Yeah. That also has, I mean, I, I think I was kind of a, like the worst in your list is the same because it's almost the same list, but like, you know, the gate Starhawk with rogues, I don't think is a good matchup for his list. Yeah. So I, I think that yeah. I don't know that it means his list sucks. I think it means it sucks against that. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that was it. And then yeah, I uh, I, I won the tournament, um, and um, that was that was it. But I really enjoyed playing Starhawk. You know, and it was had a bid, and I think I had a twelve point bid. Um, but it was it was a fun list. I enjoyed it. I uh, will play it again. Yeah, I really like the Starhawk too. Like it's just speed two, and you know it seems like it's just something you fly at your opponent. But I think, you know, it, it opens up some unique card play opportunities with the, all the different combinations of upgrades you can take. Yeah, um, I put ion cannon batteries on it, which didn't make a huge difference, but you know I used them here and there. Yeah, yeah, I think that like just like the decisions you have to make, like, am I going to gate a defense token or, um, you know, use expert shield tax or use the native redirect uh, effect or things like that. Like it, it just makes for some interesting decisions that um, you don't often see on ships that don't have as many like officer slots or whatever. Yeah. So it was a fun tournament. Um, and uh, I think that's probably about it uh, for, for our episode today here. I think Bill actually fell asleep during us talking about the tournament here. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was definitely sleeping. We, we should have taken a screenshot of that. Yeah, we're not being very <laughs> I was definitely, uh, I racked out for a little while. I just woke yeah. back up. It wasn't long. <laughs> All right, cool. Good episode, guys. I, I loved it. That was a cool tournament to hear about. Um, <laughs> But we had to get reports like that every once in a while. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening in. And uh, for future episodes, I'm sure we're going to do some more stuff uh, from all of us here at ORJ. Thanks. Bye. See ya. Get your gun, get your gun. Take it on the run, on the run, on the run. Hear them calling you and me. Every son of liberty. Hurry right away, no delay, go today. Make your daddy glad to have had such a lad. Tell your sweetheart not to pine, to be proud her boy's in line. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there, that the Yanks are coming, the Yanks are coming, the drums rum coming everywhere, so prepare, say a prayer, send the word.
say, well, we'll be over, we're coming over, and we won't come back till it's over, over there, over there, over there. Spend the word, spend the word, over there, that the ants are coming, the ants are coming, the drum, drum coming everywhere. So Your old kid bag and smile. 
Thank <laughs> you. 